Oh wait, it's uh, it's you three fifty three fifty six. Okay, that's Isn't that right. Our... That's worth three fifty five. No, no, nope. Hi everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're here in the new Hell Kitty Studios. Uh, is this the new Studios? Yeah, it's the new, uh, it's the new Hell Kitty Studios. I gotta, I gotta write this off on taxes, brother, or at least a chunk of this. So this is now nice. Hell Kitty Studios. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, last time we talked, we were doing a big move em out. And uh, mm. I, was, uh, I was, I was crazed with uh, moving uh, Anxiety? mania. Was it mania? Moving, moving mania. I think you had avoiding moving mania. Well, it was moving anxiety. It's nice when you have an obligation that you have to do, mm-hmm. which was this, yeah. and it was like, well, no one can say any different. I, I clearly have to do this sure. podcast. You did. We, uh, we love our listeners, and we've got to give them the podcast they deserve sure. every week. And if that means I don't have to lift things for a couple of hours, <laughs> uh, then so be it. Um, but yeah, that was the second half of the the big move. Moved, uh, moved the house. Uh, that we're renting to yes. another house we're renting and moved the office we've been renting for like about 16 years uh, to the house as well. So there are still boxes akimbo everywhere. Yes. Uh, so I uh, hope none of them fall down on you. <laughs> hope you're okay. I think... I think we stacked them pretty well. I don't. I don't see any. No, no. Issues. You, you, you were a lifesaver then. It's, it's much appreciated. And one of the things about being in this new place that costs a little more in rent yeah. is I'm going to do plugs now for things that I'm doing. Okay. In the hopes yeah. Go that ahead. People will buy things. Sure. Go uh, ahead. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Sparks, uh, uh, the book that you colored, I wrote, and Nina Matsumoto drew about two cats who dress up as a dog and save the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got on the Quill Inquirer's uh, best comics of the year list. Yes. So that was quite nice. I don't even think it was, it was like, we just won best graphic novel. Was it? Was it? Uh, I, I'll, maybe, but I don't know. Maybe. It was it? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Dave says that. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure, but let's say, let's say that. So, uh, yeah, we're on a nice list there. Uh, but it's a, it's a great Christmas present. It's a great Hanukkah gift. It's a great, um, great. You can give 12 of them. Yeah. And if you're uh, an agnostic, uh, then just get one just in case. <laughs> In fact, get a case. That's what I say. Uh, and, uh, and pick that up. Also, my book, uh, Extra Sisters, I do with uh, Giselle Legacy a comic book is uh, on its second issue. A third issue is coming out this month. And, uh, so why not pick that up as well? They are a couple of, couple of women and they, uh, get your soul out of hell if, uh, there's, there's trouble. And the art is absolutely beautiful and, uh, the reviews have been very nice. And that was on Book Riots. Uh, one of their uh, top uh, ten comics of the year, nice, as well, which nice. is a, a quite a big uh, site apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that's been cool. nice, and the reviews have been very, very nice as well. So uh, if you get a chance, again, it's a nice book too for people that don't necessarily read comics. And uh, yeah, it says graphic novel, but is that the best? Is that that what it is? Mm-hmm. It's not. There's no other graphic novels around that. No. Oh, very good. We got best graphic novel. Wow. Wow. What? Okay. All right. So okay. Fair enough. I'll look at that. Show me that link later. Okay. Be an art link later. <laughs> oh, wow. I say the darndest thing. You do. <laughs> uh, oh, you kid. You know what would be fun? Hmm? Take all the kids from Kids Say the Darndest Things. Yes. Now they're old men. Okay. Ask them the same questions again. Mm. See what see what's the answer. are. That would be. <laughs> I wonder how many of them are still with us. That's a thing. Yeah and, just, yeah. and just look at all the questions and just ask them the same things. I had a lot of those books 
for that show because they had like collections of the of the darndest things the kid said. Right. But they're illustrated by Schultz, by Charles Schultz. So I I would buy them as a kid. Matt Groening said he wanted to do a book called um, "Kids Say the Motherfuckingest Things You've Ever Heard." That's true as well. Yeah, because he went like, "Boy, people underestimate kids and the depth of kids and all these like kind of simple <laughs> questions." And then uh, you know he created Bart Simpson, so there you go. Uh, maybe he was right. <clears throat> well, he certainly well he wasn't wrong. He, <laughs> so that way. he, he paid my, he paid my rent for quite a few years, so uh, so I'm I'm all in favor. Uh, speaking of uh, people who do Simpsony things, uh, we got a thank you from uh, Bob Mackey for mentioning uh, his uh, GoFundMe okay. last time oh, around, and uh, things seem to be going well with him and that, and that's great and good. So good, I'm glad to hear that. Good guy, good egg. Uh, things are working out for him. Uh, listen to his podcast, Talking Simpsons. Hopefully, I'm going to be on it at some point in the future. And our third dragon, Nina Matsumoto, uh, is on every so often. So yes, she's become a regular feature, right, of that show. Yeah, so regular that we're not even bothering mentioning it when she's on. No, she's we, on an upcoming one that I'm made really, a big deal. and I don't want to like spoil it. Okay, but like it's one that I'm really looking forward to hearing. Okay, her. well that's cool. Yeah, it's like oh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> episodes and uh, and one I want to hear her talk about. One of your, one of your favorite Simpson episodes. Yes, it is. All right, well we'll talk about that when the time comes, I suppose. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's leave the audience on tender hooks. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also here's another thing I can't Ending talk about. Ending in dirty looks. Let me talk about things I can't talk about off with. the top. Okay, yeah, please do. And this will be things that I will talk about later. I hope you do. So I got a phone call from my landlord, uh, who was uh, who also runs uh, a, 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 a not a website, but he's got uh, like a media empire is what he's got. Sure. Uh, about uh, sure. video games mm-hmm. and about uh, movies yeah. and what have you. Yeah. So uh, so I got like a ten in the morning. Do you want to go see a movie? Uh, screener oh, uh, yeah. situation. So me and my wife uh, got to go see a, a, a screener uh, at ten in the morning, and it was for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And and I don't want to spoil nothing except okay. let me let me just sing the praises and just go. I I fucking love that movie. Like we all we kept turning to each other through it. There wasn't a lot of people in the theater, which was also kind of neat. Sure, uh, we kept turning to being like, "What the? Oh my god! Hmm. Well, that's great." Yeah. Damn! And for all that I had problems with Wreck-It Ralph, it had the imagination, and it—it's it, like. Sorry. So is this an is this an animated movie? Yes, it is. So it's not the the new Tom Holland film. No, it is not. Okay. No, this is a this is a movie um, that uh, is is all. It's basically the Miles uh, Miles Morales, uh, the uh, the African American oh, okay. uh, Latino uh, okay. Okay. Spider-Man, uh, and it's his story, and he and but it's. Uh, a bunch of different Spider-Man from different dim- dimensions and Spider-Women okay. and uh, a pig. and uh, <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. Peter Porker shows up. Yes. Oh, cool. Were you just making that up? No, that's the name of the character. It really is. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. absolutely right. No, I'm just surprised you knew that. I remember Spider-Ham. That's a pretty deep cut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is. It's a deep cut of ham. Uh, but it is continuously beautifully animated. Like, it's got its own style. Yeah. You just go, well, this is new. Sure. Uh, and, then, and then it's got a lot of heart to it. And then it's just incredibly incredibly funny it's like chris lord and i forget the other fella but it's the people who did they did oh okay phil phil, uh, phil isn't it phil phil, phil miller lord, it's miller right. and lord. Chris, lord and miller lord chris miller and phil lord that okay whatever it is it's lord and miller whatever they are miller and lord whoever they be they're behind the lego movie yeah uh they're behind clone high and they did this and it's got well, a those lot are, of those like, are all good shows yeah it's it's right on the money well, like it to clone me it's high, like this is no yeah. sky high Sky High was a different uh, thing. That was a Bruce Campbell movie about superheroes. Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Bruce Campbell's in it as kind of the mean coach. So is Kurt Russell. Yeah. What a a weird... I didn't realize they're both in this... I haven't been a long time since I saw that movie. And Kevin McDonald. 
Kevin McDonald. From Kids in the Hall. Wow. Kevin McDonald. That's right. Kids in the Hall. That's He's in the movie. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> um, Why can't you parlay, parlay that into something more? But all I'm going to say is go see this, uh, go see the Spider-Man movie. It's it's so much so better. So it's going to be than, in the uh, cinemas. It will be in the cinemas very shortly. Okay. And it's right now got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and mm. rightfully so. And it's one uh, for Ian. and I'm going to say this controversial thing. Oh, say it. This, this is the controversial thing. Yeah. I think it's better than Incredibles, and I mean the first one. Yeah, it wouldn't be too hard to be better than. I mean, I enjoyed the second one, but no. I don't think it's a patch on the first one. No, and uh, again, the Incredibles has this animation that's much more traditionally uh, accessible i think whereas this takes a style and so some people have gone like oh it's very ugly art mm. but like i don't think it's ugly art. i think it's really quite beautiful um but i think its heart is in a better place and i think its message is better and i think it's funnier well i know it's funnier it's a very very funny movie <laughs> like you're laughing huh? very hard through it and it just keeps upping the stakes and upping the stakes and you're like well well you can't juggle this many balls and yeah. they do and uh and they really take the premise and just go to town with it and uh, great, great voice acting, fantastic voice acting, actually. Cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, go see that. I got to see it, and it's good to have a landlord who can give you free tickets to go see a movie in the morning. <laughs> that is nice. Even though I'm not a big fan of the mornings, because I was like doing, I was working till about like five mm. uh, the previous, and I was like, oh, do I want to do this? And I was like, yeah. Let's Why go. wouldn't you? Because uh, of the lack of sleep. At the same time. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Um, also fun seeing a movie well, with very few people in the theater at 10 it, in the morning. Yeah. It's good to hear that uh, Lord and Miller fell on their feet after getting canned from Solo. Yeah. Which I think, I think in retrospect, was probably a mistake that Solo got rid of two really talented people who were having some fun with a movie that needed some fun. Right. The franchi- a franchise that needed some fun. It, feel, it felt like they got uh, Edward, uh, sorry. What, what Edward Scissorhand? Yeah, Edward Scissorhand and then cut yeah. out. That's right. Uh, but... Uh, uh, Edgar Wright, they got yeah, Edgar Wright did like on on Ant Man where they had the a thing they were doing, but then the powers that be went, this doesn't fit in with our brand. And then unfortunately with Edgar Wright, the next thing that came out was Guardians of the Galaxy, which they were also like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And then they went, oh, we can just be bananas and it's fine, everything fits in. And then you can do a Thor Ragnarok and mm. who the heck cares? Yeah, you know. But at that point they're like, we got to be careful. Yeah, and I think yeah. they were being too careful with the Han Solo movie as well. And yeah. Like, Look, he's an unreliable narrator. Just have it coming from sure, his perspective, yeah. and you can let it be fun. Whatever you want, but it could have some Rashomon type moments where you get yeah. different points of view of the same story and things like that. Especially really when fun. you've got Lando as well, yeah, and he's another a, liar, another unreliable. And then you've got like uh, Chewbacca, and who the heck knows what that person's perspective? But I'd love yeah. to have him narrating some stuff. Sure. If you just had them go to town, mm-hmm. oh, it'd be great. And this is a movie where they do go to town. I, I haven't seen Solo, so I can't I can't comment. It's on it. a, you know, it's by the numbers, I'm fine. Sure it's, it's fine. Yeah. It really looks like uh, a television version of a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie. And it's like, oh, this is the start of you know a series, and he'll be doing stuff every week and having a little <laughs> bit of an adventure. And you know, he's he's but he's clearly a good guy. And it's like, eh. you know, you want to have like eh, play yeah. around, yeah. Yeah. yeah, have fun. Have fun with your environment. Like use, I, I want to say, like use every part of the buffalo, uh, but you can't say that nowadays because uh, Peter's saying don't do that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> don't use any. Don't use any part of the buffalo. Yeah, they're saying don't use. Uh, Just get rid of the buffalo. Don't use uh, animal cruelty expressions. Try to replace them with something with something else. Is that what they say? Really? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Don't say that. Say it. Say another thing. Like there's uh, more than one way to have fun with a cat. I don't know. Something like those lines. How about there's more than one way to murder a person from PETA? 
Oh my God! There we go. Harsh. I think and, I and finally, finally figured though it out. On the, though yeah. on the uh, here's the here's the side thing I want to say about this, which is like, yeah, you know, it's been it's been well covered by you know all these comedy shows and stuff, and it's like, isn't this silly? And it's like, well, yes, but look, if if they don't do something big and dumb, the news is never going to cover them. If they're quietly sensible and doing you know just moderate things, they will never get any publicity. This is clearly a publicity thing they did to get publicity that means nothing and affects nothing, but it gets on the news, and now you've heard the name PETA, and now, oh, there you go. So whether you like PETA or you don't like PETA, you got to do something crazy yeah. to get on the news, especially in this crazy news world. So you do that, <laughs> and they did. So that's what you got to do. Why would they do this? Well, you know why they did this. So you get talking about it. <laughs> you yeah. brought it up. I didn't say anything. I did. No, I but no. I didn't but, even hear about it. Okay. But it's it was on all the news like yesterday. And it okay. was like on all the talk shows yesterday. I did not. It's the kind of subject that uh, when you've got a lot of time to fill or radio DJs. Like it's the kind of yes. subject that radio DJs love I to have because they get people calling in and going, these fools, <laughs> I want to say uh, kill a monkey by Sunday, you know, just like my dad did. <laughs> No, but not fine. Whatever, it's 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 fine. But uh-huh. you got to get uh, attention. You got to do something big and dumb. Sure. You got to be. You got to get into a bed with Yoko Ono, and you got to stay in a hotel. Yeah, they're getting more attention than a three-legged dog. There you go. And then at some point, someone will uh, post a picture of the uh, maid changing the sheets and go, "Look at this, la di da." I guess like what? <laughs> Have you seen that? That's a that's a picture that people put up every so often. No, I, John Lennon, who's like this person for the people, but he doesn't mind someone else making his bed. It's like he's in a hotel. Yeah, and she's paid to do that. She's supposed Should to we do that. Take away her job. Yeah, what is he gonna make this? Like ask for the sheets and make the bed? <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Also, he's really wealthy. Why? Why should he make his bed? Hmm. There you are. That's also a point. Good for you. Well, if you make that kind of money, they should get some perks for it. He well, really, don't even make that kind of money. He really, you really hard for that. Hotel, you still get the bed made. This isn't a <laughs> this isn't true. a big shot thing. Like, it's oh, true. someone got the sheets changed. <laughs> but if you go to a wow, cheap, if you go to a cheap motel, you they, do that at jail. Gets that. <laughs> nowadays, of course, they say things like, "In order to protect the environment, we're not going to change your sheets for your entire stay, right? Unless you ask us to." Well, because they kill a koala bear before they do it as well. Oh, another sp- expression. Yeah. He really is. They, they, <laughs> they kill a koala bear and use it as a like a, a, a loofah to uh, clean the uh, <laughs> whole uh, room. I don't know why you're cleaning a room with a loofah. No, I, I guess it exfoliates the room. <laughs> yeah, some hotel rooms should be exfoliated. That's fair. You're really stepping on the feta of pita. There you are. I just thought I'd, that's a new expression. Let's just come out. <laughs> <It's> starting. <laughs> they're uh, they're pretty. A they're, one man. I'm gonna get in the news. With my, Please do my, say something outrageous. This man is saying several dumb things. You news could. at eleven. You could like we could say something on here, and it could be offensive in some way, and it could get on the news. And there you go, and it would probably be pretty good for the show. So you know, you plan it. Blah. You plan it out, it and seemed... then uh, wait for the protesters to come to your work. Do you think how do you think people do that intentionally? Do you think someone like Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson intentionally says outrageous things, and then you just like then you have to like walk it back? Well, it works. It works to do that. Well, I know someone like an Ann Coulter definitely does. Does she walk it back? Well, no, she doesn't walk it back. Because yeah. I feel like he walks it back. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't see the point of going so far out there and then having to like <laughs> go backwards. All right. If he didn't it. say outrageous things, would he have? Would he be name recognizable in a way that you know? I you guess that's what he on. wants. I mean, that's what you are. Like you've you, yeah. to get on the news, you've got to do something spectacularly good. Or moderately outrageous. I guess so. You know, you've got to be interesting. And, yeah. you know, you either, you either do something really, really great 
or you know a little bit jerk ass yeah. and then you can and, and then you apologize for it later maybe and if you don't you know then you're an Ann Coulter type and then you then you don't and and then uh, you go on and you say something else and yeah. you call your book something you know horrible or you say something about Canada that wasn't true and you know you just like Meh. and that's the that's the world I mean that seems to be a thing now is like don't apologize just keep talking and don't care yeah and then and then and then when pressed on it go i think the thing we should be talking about is <laughs> you know it's weird because i was watching there's a comedian he's an australian comedian uh, that doesn't sound right yeah they're not very funny no well they're all dodging like all the uh like the dangerous animals around there's nothing funny about that oh, yeah they're, they're all in extreme danger like whenever mm-hmm. you see an australian it's like yeah. he's like about t- two feet from a spider that'll kill him and the, uh, the only thing saving him from that is the snake exactly. that's like nearby that's about to kill the spider. And that's <clears throat> not counting the sharks and the crocs. That's it. And that's one of the expressions those are the, there. Those are the gangs in town. That's the expression they have there about koala bears is watch out for falling loofahs. Uh, I can't remember his name. Jim something. And anyway. I, oh, uh, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries, yes. Yep. And I guess he's a bit of a gadfly, a bit of a yeah. poker. He's a, a provoker. He seems to have a good heart generally. Like okay. he'll pull, he, he will like, you know. He'll walk it back. <laughs> well, he'll apologize for something if he's like wrong, it feels like. If someone points sure. it out, he seems to have the, the, the nerve to go like, oh, I can admit that I'm wrong. That, mm. that doesn't make me weak. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he definitely like, does do the outrageous type thing. But uh, what'd you see him say? No, because he was, it was, wasn't he saying it. He was talking to this Jordan Peterson guy. Mm. Why'd you explain who Jordan Peterson is? Oh, sorry. Jordan Peterson is a, a Canadian, uh, he was a university professor. I don't know if he still is. He's a professor of psychology. He has. A, he was a practicing psychologist as well. I don't know if he still practices or if he's just given all that over to talk on YouTube to people. But he, um, I guess, I'm not too sure where he falls politically. I think he became known because he refused to use the word they for an individual. I don't know because it's bad yeah. grammar. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. I think he was more offended by the idea that they're, they're going to legislate you mm-hmm. having to use those words rather sure. than just you could choose to use those words if you want. And he's against legislation of how you speak, I All suppose. Right. I, that's what I took from what, what I read about that part of the thing. But anyway, so, you know, he stepped on some toes and he's put his, he's got his name in the paper and stuff like that. And he said something kind of dumb about, I think it was to do with, um, that whole thing about where, um, bakers, um, who don't like gay people were, um, not making cakes for people. Right. And he felt like they shouldn't be forced to do that, that that was wrong. And Jeffrey says to him, well, was, was it wrong for, you know, people to force restaurants to allow colored people to be served there or schools to be for- forced to allow for, you know, integration? And he went, no, I suppose not. I guess that's true. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Why did you say that then? And then you have to walk it back. Mm-hmm. But at least you walked it back. Like at least you, someone gave asked you a reasonable question. You didn't, you didn't say that thing. You just said like, I don't think we're talking about you know or whatever. Like you do some sort of deflection. He actually said, well, he thought about it. And then he goes, no, that's a good point. I guess you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> and I just thought, well, why did you think that in the first place? Like I don't understand. Like it's so obviously paralleled. Yeah. Like, but I guess when you're just kind of stuck, you know, when you need attention, like you say, and you have to like say outrageous things, then you're kind of. You've kind of got yourself in a trap where your go-to is your go-to attitude is is contrarian, and so people ask you a question, you're like, "Oh, that's bad." Yeah. And then someone's, "Well, what about this?" And then you go, "Okay, actually, it's good." But you know, like it doesn't like think about it and then say something. I yeah, but you get re- you get rewarded for that. You well, get I guess that's you get the publicity. You get yeah. the you get no, no, the, I can see your you point. get the press. It's like I was listening to um, 
uh, Bill Burr talking, and he's that kind of like guy's guy type guy. Bill Burr? Bill Burr, the comedian. Sure. And I've the, seen him smoking cigars with, with Jerry Seinfeld, so I know that he's the guy's guy. Sure, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it always feels like this is a bit on the nose, isn't it? Like, it's just so, yeah. You're, you're, Corny? You're, you're a guy. Yeah. yeah, you're like the stereotype we, of we a guy. We get it. Yeah. yeah, we understand. We but you talked about like something like, and just dismissively said, you know, you know, with all this Me Too bullshit, you know, that <laughs> went on about something and something. And I was like, okay, that's the attitude a guy like that would have. Sure. But I swear, if you like sat him down and just went, well, what's the problem then? You know, and it's like, okay, do you have a problem with this? Mm-hmm. Do you have a problem with them going after Weinstein? Well, of course you don't. Yeah. The guy's a fucking monster. Okay, <laughs> do you have a problem with them going after this person? Well, of course you don't, because that was a thing. All right, so at what point do you feel, you know, you know, uh, it's this is wrong? And it's like, well, it goes a little too extreme. Yeah, but so does chemo. You know, it's like someone just going like, I don't like losing my hair. And I understand you don't like losing your hair. But like cancer has been around for a long time. And people are trying to find a, a, something to deal with cancer. And there's cancer that's out there. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, and I understand. Yeah, I can go too far. You're right. But anything can go too far. So pull that back. You're right. When something goes too far, but dismissing the whole thing, it's just, it's, it is the kind of knee-jerk thing that you do when you're that kind of fella. I guess And you so. want to be that kind of guy sure. and just go like, you know, ah, things nowadays. Ah, it's getting too ba-ba-da-ba. You can't even say nothing is yeah. what the guy says who is saying something <laughs> right now. You're telling me. It's like you're dancing and yeah. going, they banned dancing. Well, aren't you dancing right now? What? Yeah. Yeah, you can't dance anywhere. Well, you're dancing right now. Oh, what a world. When I was a kid, you could dance. I'm like, what? What are you doing? It's it's not a this is non problem. Yeah. And and in doing so you kind of cry wolf a little bit. And it's like if something does go really south like later, no one's gonna buy what you're saying. Well, I think and I think it's a if it's a it's kind of a false equivalency because I think the idea is that you you know, you reach like you're when you're Bill Burr or you're Dave Dedrick, you know, you're at an age where you look back You're alliterative. You're you have li- one of those Marvel names. Exactly. Clearly you're much a superhero in disguise. Much better than anyone else. <laughs> When you have a name like that. No, I mean, you're looking back, he's looking back at his, in a nostalgic way. Sure. Into the past. He's and, got a, actually an animated series called F is for Family that's all about that sure. kind of thing. Sure. And yeah. so, and so, you know, like, so he's, a, his, his, what he's doing is he's making an equivalence between how things have changed since he remembers this, this the rosy glow of youth mm-hmm. to this new world he's living in. And he's blaming not, not just me too for changing how people look at, at um you know men women relations and and how you know and power and all those sort of things but he's also he's also like and kids don't get to play outside anymore and that there's nothing to do with me too but just this general thing of all this stuff that you feel like have changed for the negative Mm -hmm. you're just blaming all these things that have you know phones me too whatever else the internet whatever i can't even think of other things that overprotective parent you know what i mean like or the 24-hour news cycle all these things that are changing how we how we view things you're just now blaming pe- all of it for... Now people can pick their own pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we've come to. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Is that, is that the worst thing in the world? It's just like people can choose what you want, they want to be called. What? Oh, my gosh. What I are you, crazy? Next, time you'll, next thing you'll let them pick their own nicknames. What, <laughs> what are you doing? 
wear yeah, their own not. clothes that they choose. It's you can't, it's, it's, it's you can't pick your own nickname. That's not I can't I can't go on board with that one. Well, you can't. Yeah, that's true. You really can't pick your own nickname. You can't, but you self, can't say you can't self gloss. You can say don't call me blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can sh- you can you can shave one off. But sure, you can't sure. add it. You can't. You can't. Yeah, everyone calls me Sparky. No, they don't. <laughs> you can't. Do no, they don't. Yeah, you are no Charles M. Schultz, sir. There's someone I there's someone I knew, and yeah, he had, he insisted that. His not long-term nickname was was something, and I was like, "No, it never was." Like, no, it's not. You're just making that up. You just want people to call you that, which is, as Seth says in, in that movie about Seth, he says it was a lot of work to change people calling him from calling him Greg to calling him Seth. Well, it was uh, Gregory Gallant. Yeah, which like, once again, he's a superhero. That's a hell of a name. Yeah, yeah. to uh, to 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 forget about that and just go Seth. Yeah, yeah. It also reminds me of. Uh, Oh, I forget what what the Woody Allen movie was where you know saying to John uh, Lovitz that you know they called me the professor in prison. Yeah, sarcastically. Mm. Yeah, you because know, you're an uh, idiot. Small no, time, no, no, small time criminals, the, small time crooks, small time crooks. Yeah, that's sorry. right. Yeah. With Elaine May. Yeah, it's like that's a really good movie. I mean, it's a nice thing. It's like embracing your, uh, in, in, you know, embracing the bad uh, nickname and just taking it positively. Good for you. <laughs> that's well, the way to do it. I'm I'm not a person that encourages nicknames. But I so I do like when nicknames come my way. Well, my my folks named us all one syllable names or very short names. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Ian isn't a one syllable name, but uh, it can be if you say it right, Ian. <laughs> um, but my sisters are Lee and Dale. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think uh, no, I didn't name Dale. I, na- I named her uh, middle name. Uh, but uh, they wanted names that people couldn't shorten. Really? Yeah. They didn't want they want them to call us by the names that they uh, chose for us. Hmm. That was, that was actually, I don't know why that bothered them. Yeah. They, they, uh, a little control freaky. Yeah. You're going to call him? Yeah, it's funny because it's, well, it's a funny thing because like Mary is Mare. Yeah. But Eve is Evie. So we took the short, right. short name and lengthened it and, and shortened Mary's name to Mare. So, but you, you look for a way to change their name in an affectionate way that indicates. It's something only you call It's them. your ownership of them. Yeah. Not in a, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just mean that this is, you know. Your ours, your our special thing, mm-hmm. and that and we acknowledge that by calling you this name. Yeah, it's weird because I would never call uh, my wife uh, Pia. I, I wouldn't call her even Pia. It's just weird to call. It's like you're you're so intimate that it's weird to use. Yeah, I don't name. often call. I even it I, makes you feel like you're in yeah. a uh, movie or something. Mm-hmm. Just like Pia. I no wait. What would I say? Am I supposed to say now? We've known each other for how long now? <laughs> Twenty years. So I was like, "Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is movie bullshit." Yeah, you're right. I right. very I usually just call Lisa dear or sweetie or yeah or mum or mama. You know, right? Because she's also your mother. She's well, she's a girl's mum. So, oh, very yeah. good. Okay, very yeah. good. All right. So within our family circle, she is she's mum. Good. Okay. Otherwise, it would be very disturbing. It would be very disturbing if I thought she was my mum. You're right. That would be possibly. Now, illegal. Now, this is me being a, a little bit of a, a guy who's getting on in age. Have we mentioned that you've got a podcast with uh, with uh, Mary on, on, the, this pod, on this on the show on this, today? We have not mentioned it yet. Very good. Let us because you because I talked about it before before yeah. we went on the air, mm. uh, and uh, it's a uh, you know I don't listen to the whole thing, but it is a delight <laughs> when I when I listen to it. Okay. Uh, but why don't you tell the nice folks uh, what it, what it is in case they're like, hey, this ain't enough show for me. What yeah, can I do? Yeah, if you. If you speaking, a speaking of your young, if you don't get enough of me on Sneaky Dragon, right. or if you miss our old music and little interludes like the top five and stuff like that, uh, Mary, my daughter Mary and I are doing a podcast together, which is looking at 
um, the old Sneaky Dragon mixtape project that I did three years ago. When what? What's that? What are you well, talking about? I invited people to send. If I said, if you send me a CDR, right? You send a, a tape of Sir Mixalot, <laughs> all the best of Sir, Sir Mixalot, Sir Camelot, right? And if you send that to me, I will uh, send me a blank CDR. I will make you a mixtape and mail it back to you. And so lots of people, lots of people did that. More people than you expected. Uh, much more. <laughs> Than I thought, whatever, waste our time putting something into an envelope. How many times and has your popularity me. startled you? <laughs> <laughs> many. And I. Who uh, are you people? Yes, yeah, exactly here? right. And so, yeah, so I made all these mixtapes. And so I thought it'd be fun for us to kind of sit down and, and go through them. And so that's what we've been doing. We, we've started on our third episode, on our second mixtape. Uh, I, f- listener to the show, I don't know if you still listen to the show, a fellow named Nick Pond, who sent me two CDRs and I made him two mixtapes. And so what a we, British sounding name that is. It is, but I believe that he was a local because he came and saw our show one time. Oh, very good. Um, I think he came to the show via Completely Beatles, which is a common... Oh, which is also a, a common, British group. Yes, that's right. It's a common, uh, what do you call it, a gateway drug to Sneaky Dragon. Completely, completely Beatles. We get you, and you go, I just can't have enough of these guys talking to each other for two hours. Let's find something else. So anyway, so Mary and I have been doing the show. It's been a lot of fun. It's yeah, been a lot of fun. it's we, a nice rapport you guys have. We came. Uh, she uh, takes you down a couple of notches every so often. <laughs> she has no problem. Yeah, like, and I'm not. What a, are you doing, Dad? I'm not Dad. a. Uh, I'm not a meanie that uh, gets gets his back up when his when his kids have some yeah. fun with him. So. Under my roof. That's right. Under my podcast walls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you make fun of me. You will respect your podcast father. Ugh. You are the pod father now. There's no one you respect who will say that to you. Mm-hmm. You, you will respect me. I do like as well, uh, your other daughter, uh, Eve, uh, Eve yep. does the intro. Yes. It's a very yeah. sweet intro. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I had to twist some teeth to get that. Uh, I think it took us 15 minutes of her sitting, trying, just trying to get it, like, get it together to say those words. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. She was just really nervous about it, which was weird because she's done like, uh, segments with me, like, as we filled in mm. for the time I lost the, the SD card and lost the whole episode. Eve filled in for the top five for me, and then I came oh, down cool. and we recorded the rest of the show together. But so Eve, uh, so I was just, well, this will be easy for Eve. She'll just come out and do this line. And, but no, she was like really nervous about it, just saying like, maybe because it was just like a line. And so you're just like putting everything into sure. one, one sentence, you know? Yeah. But she got it. These pretzels are making me uh, she got it. thirsty. I yeah. just made her say it a bunch of times. Until it made no sense. Until, yeah, until she just relaxed. And then you just edited it all together. No, I didn't even do that. It took one that I liked the best. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, I think that's the angle on the show that if we ever decide to promote anything ever, uh, <laughs> is the thing is just like, how many other father daughter podcasts are there out there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just an interesting angle. Mm. You know, just like you definitely have a relationship that you do not normally hear in a podcast situation. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. Now, is, is your podcast, uh, explicit? N- no, I don't think so at all. I don't think so either, but is it listed as explicit? I don't, might be. I, think I wasn't about, sure. Yeah. Because some of the music might be That's explicit. true. The music might uh, yeah. go into that. But, like, you guys don't cuss around each other that I don't, much. Yeah. Except in, like, you know, just goofy fun. Yes. I will sometimes swear to the girls either. Well, they've heard me swear because they've driven just with me. Just to wake them up yeah, in the morning. Just, you know, if you drive with and, me, and in you'll anger, hear me swear. You will swear in, like, rage when that's, you go into your dad rages. Yes. When yeah. I'm... That's He's what I mean. dad rages. That's what I mean. When yeah. they drive with me, they've heard me swear. Sure, sure. But uh, mostly I don't. Mostly I keep swearing under wraps. I'll th- drop it every once in a while, but I like yeah, to surprise when you're rapping, people. You I like to swear under people. your under your raps, like so you That's do right. your freestyle, yeah, and then underneath you'll just go, "Fuck, <laughs> right. bum, wow, poo." Uh, you're you're you know what? You're a pretty good rapper. Shh, shut up. This, 
<laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of mean things to say. <laughs> Dildo. <laughs> and over the top. Inappropriate. Rappity, rap, 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 rap. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I do. You, you, you nailed it. So if you want to hear that, that's what the that's Sneaky not Dragon what Sneaky listening party is. Not that at all. It's not that at all. And you, uh, I heard that you, uh, you, you, you brought a couch in now. You got like a nice couch there. We, we talked uh, well, on our last we, Sneaky Dragon show <laughs> about like right. you were going to have a chair for someone who likes to yeah. rock. Yeah. Uh, we have a, we have like, well, it's in our living room, obviously, because it's a listening party. Right. But because it's been kind of popular, yeah, I had to bring in an extra couch. So I was, had to talk Lisa into, just putting a coach in the middle of the room. But I decided I'd bring it back downstairs when we're done the show. So, yep. Bring a Coke. Have some chips. What type of chips do you have? Well, come on. It's Canada. So all dressed and uh, okay. salt and vinegar. Salt oh. and vinegar. I'm not a super Canadian chip drink uh, eater, I realize, though, because I don't like ketchup chips very much. Oh, all right. And I think that's very Canadian. And I think, but I know all dressed is. Which how is, about how about dill pickle? Is that a Canadian? Situation? I think that's also very Canadian. And I'm not a huge. fan I think of that. vinegar based chips are the Canadian angle. We've and talked about yeah, yeah sour cream based, based yeah. chips are the American. But they angle. have uh, salt and vinegar chips in the states. Sure, they'll take a salt. They'll take a vinegar. Okay. But for the most part, when you're fooling around with different flavors, vinegar is the angle we take. What's interesting is that, well, in Canada anyway, old Dutch chips make make the best salt and vinegar chips. They're the okay. very best ones. They're the ones that if you take, like, you can take a bunch of them and they'll, like, numb your tongue, which is a experience Yes, they I really love. do. Yeah, yeah. That's an experience. I, that's what I want from salt and vinegar chips. I just want them so sorry that the back of my mouth gets that, with that weird pang in it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the, uh, I'm trying to think of their, their, their commercial notes. Like, old Dutch, the happy chips, old Dutch, the snappy chips, crispy, crunchy, light and snappy, old Dutch potato chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, if you bring an old Dutch a bag of old Dutch chips uh, back east, they will lose their minds and go, "Wow, be so happy!" And it well, used to be the case with Humpty Dumpty chips. Bringing yeah. Humpty Dumpty chips here uh, oh, okay. to the west, which we didn't. Yeah, have. Yeah, we didn't really have them. You can see them now. Yes, but not. There's been more crossover, but old Dutch chips you could not yeah. get back east, especially in Halifax. We would mm. ship them over sometimes, and okay. people would just like, "Ah, oh, be oh, so happy." They're they're good chips, but the best all dressed chips are uh, Ruffles. You have to get Ruffles chips to get the best uh, all dressed. Because those ones, you can actually taste like the different flavors that are in the chips. Like you can get like the ketchup flavor, the dill pickle flavor. You can actually, in the barbecue or you know whatever, it can kind of go back and forth. Right. Like, so it it has like a little t- taste sensation. Whereas I find other ones are just kind of blandly, kind of uni flavored that's sort of all dressed, but not really all dressed. Here's what I'm saying to Lay's. Like I know once a year they do the four crazy flavors. Uh, one, just have the nerve to like release them regularly. Knock it off. Just, 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 just take some risks. <laughs> Do you think they're really that crazy? Cause I always feel well, like. Well, cause there's always okay. the one that's basically potatoes. Well, that's there's the thing. one that's like yeah. French fries. Yeah. Poutine. Or potato salad. Potato salad. It's like, it's yeah. potatoes. You're already potatoes. Well, potato salad, you just eat it and you go, well, it's sour cream. It's mm. sour cream and onion well, or whatever. Well, 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 the, oh, yeah, I guess so. I would say like an all dressed baked potato would make sense because then you get the bacon as well and the sour cream. Mm-hmm. But then that's just bacon sour cream. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a flavor already, it's quite already frankly. A flavor, exactly. And then they have like they'll do like a macaroni one. But once again, it just tastes like it just tastes like sour cream or it just tastes like something Well macaroni is usually mac and cheese, so you're just yeah. doing cheese. That's right, you get there's a cheese. There's no flavor right. of pasta. Yeah. You don't get a pasta flavor in your potato. <laughs> so right. it's just cheese. It's just cheese. What right. are you fucking doing? Yeah. What are we do- what are we doing yeah. here? Why are we even doing this? And then there's it's one crazy. That's, and then there's one that's burn your mouth off, you mm-hmm. know, hot uh, or something. And it's like don't eh. eat it. Yeah. I like that thing that um uh, Doritos did where it was like, We're not gonna tell you the flavor. Try and guess it. Which one was that? That was it was just a bag of mystery chip. That oh, was okay. like we're not gonna tell you the flavor. You try and figure it out. Oh, that's and, fun. You, and you can enter a contest and figure it out. And then there's the ones that are the ones that are like uh there's random st- way too hot chips. Oh, I like those ones. <laughs> that's a good one. 
That's a good one. They're not they're not that hot, but they're yeah. they're they're spicy. But yeah, I had a name for it. I can't remember what it was, but that was, that was good. I like that one. And then I also like, even though I don't like ketchup chips, they did a thing where they did like um sort of uh retro packaging, like going back into their old style packaging. Mm-hmm. And then, but they were doing like ketchup flavored nacho chips, not nacho, but tortilla chips. And then, or um, they also did uh, what's that? The green stuff that you <laughs> you get with your uh, uh, sorry, yeah, guacamole. Guacamole, yes, they had guacamole flavored, but neither flavor that I'm interested in. Like guacamole flavor, you know, it's not that flavorful. Like, what is guacamole flavor? Well, you know, it's got kind of a creamy tastes, flavor, I guess. Tastes green. I guess so. All right. So anyway, uh, we're gonna do probably like a, a chip cast. Which is uh, <laughs> we just decided. Which uh, is you know <laughs> will should be much shorter than our other other podcast because you can only probably taste like about two or three types of chips before your mouth just goes south and then you can't taste no more right because your your mouth does numb mm. up yeah. to a point but like we could probably do pardon me we could probably do like three bags yeah. an episode three and just bags. really get get into it not yeah. eat the whole bag okay <laughs> but like just to just to try them out mm-hmm. yeah that's possible okay we'll talk about that we'll try and think of uh, a ch- uh, ch- a chip. Uh, related mm. pun that we can uh, make the title. Oh, okay. And uh, we'll see what we can do. Okay. I like I like the idea. Nice short one. I'm enjoying uh, watching uh, Bill Oakley, uh, writer on the Simpsons, uh, uh Instagram uh, fast food reviews. Okay, okay. He goes on for like two well, minutes. That's and that's a good idea. that's a good thing to do. I was just thinking that we'll do it, but we'll leave out one brand of potato chips and we'll call it Unruffled. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's a. Oh. P is cleaning upstairs. Oh, okay. That are, all good. That are throwing boots at the cat. <laughs> Okay. And Boots, of course, is the name of our dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love it to have a dog named Boots. That's a good name. Yeah, and you could also call it Boot. Was that the name of the dog in Sleeper? The robot dog? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't seen Sleeper I'm in a long Boots. time. Boots. Rough, rough. Something like that. Right? The last time I saw Sleeper, I broke up with someone over it. So I have not seen it since. Oh, really? Yeah. You think you'd want to watch it again just to prove? I said, show uh, your, I said it's funny. Rate. She said uh, it wasn't. And then I went, no, I think it is. And she went, get out. And really? Was, uh, yeah, oh, so you didn't break up with her. She broke up with you over it. That's why you're a little bitter. Why are we? Uh, why are we having to get into that? <laughs> What's well, a matter? Why welcome to matter? the important thing is welcome that we're to a new podcast. To, the, splitting the important hairs. thing is yeah. we're here today yeah. having a good time, and we've all ended up mm. in good places in our okay. life. Is there a movie about twins that are twins. fighting over yeah, a, movie, a will, and it's called Splitting Errors? There is a movie. Okay. Yes. Okay. There is. It's a Eric movie. I'm glad because there should be. Because it's a good, it's a good title. I think that's an Eric Idle movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like an Eric Idle thing. That's a good. He start with a pun. He likes work that. backwards. Yeah. Yes, Make right. your money. Move on. One of my favorite lines of his from I think it's in the Rutland Weekend Television book. And there's a line where it says the French nobility wee weeing all over the stairs. Mm. Which I like. That was like that line. And of course, wee wee was yes yesing. But I'm glad he's still uh, an active guy that will appear on stage mm-hmm. and will do stuff. Mm-hmm. But like when he ceases to be that. Uh, he still will be able to write good books, like because that kind of like witty, yeah. witty, wittiness. Yes, know, he'll be fine. Although it's, I have his book Hello Sailor, and I've got to say that it gets a bit tiresome. It's one that you have to like take a break from because mm. it's so packed that after a while you just feel like you're just. There over, was a radio play he did on Netflix that was like mostly dick jokes, and it was like, well, this is clever. This is clever. How deep am I in? Six minutes. <laughs> I can't take this for an hour. Done. And it's like that's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you can only take so much clever mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, we're, we're done. But it's really clever, right? Oh, it's yeah. very witty and very clever. And that's enough of that. Yeah, I think he works best in the collaborative place where his, his, he's broken up by other things that are happening. So you'll get some, you get some Eric Idol and then you get some other things happening. 
But I was I found it fascinating that he wrote the uh, wrote a lot of the monologues for Ronnie Barker for the the larger Ronnie of the two Ronnies. So he did. Well, I would have thought the smaller one, but oh no, no wait, oh, oh that's right, because the larger one does the kind the of wordplay kind of one. Yeah, and the yes. other one tells the long rambling mm-hmm, stories, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. And so yeah, his his special specialty speciality specialty mm-hmm. was the uh, yeah the wordplay, and that really played into Ronnie Barker's uh, double talk abilities. To, yeah, that he also had a according to uh, Terry Gilliam, he also had a a great supply of Victorian pornography that uh, gave Gilliam all those great images he used for the animation. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's where he got a lot of those the cutouts and stuff that he would use was was from uh, Ronnie Barker's. Uh, he had this great collection of all his old uh, vintage Victorian, you know, naughty pictures and mm. stuff that he'd collected over time. The old curiosity shop, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Hello, little Dorrit. Yeah, oh. yeah. The old buy curiosity shop. There we go. There's the <laughs> there's the there's the joke. We found it, everybody. It's okay. We'll take down all the wanted posters now. On the, on the looking for that joke, looking, looking for, for the joke, looking for the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah once again, a little bit, uh, a little bit of wit there. And mm-hmm. as Mel Brooks says, "Funny is money, wit is shit." Yes, he told me that one time of what a drawing I did, and I, I took it so, so to heart. <laughs> oh, did I say that about your drawing? Yes. Oh, that's so mean of me. What no, a terrible no. person I used. No, to no, be. you were, you were just giving me an accurate summary of why it. It just kind of just laid there. Oh, okay. so I was like, oh, it was so funny. You know, this, I thought it was so witty. And you said, well, you know, about Mel Brooks says. I was like, oh, you're probably right. Yeah, there was a thing, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, where there was uh, some guy on a college campus and he did a joke uh, and got uh, booed, booed off the stage okay. a little bit. He got and, booed off the stage or just booed? Uh, I think he got booed off the stage. I think like they, they wouldn't listen to anything else that he was saying oh, wow. and he was done. And it was a thing about uh, it was it was a thing about like a person that was well known. I think he was black, uh, who's also gay, and he was saying how you knew being gay wasn't a choice because there's no way you'd look in the mirror. Uh, a black person would look in the mirror and go, "I want something else to make this even harder." Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be gay. That's what I'm gonna do. And you know, it's like that's the joke. Yeah. And uh, people really, yeah, I know. It doesn't seem like so. Doesn't so seem much. That just, yeah. Right. But yeah, he got booed off the stage. Huh. And uh, and my thing on that is is always like, uh, yeah, that is terrible. Well, make it funnier. I guess. Funny it up. Yeah. Funny it up till it's bulletproof. Yeah. That's that's the thing to do. You know, the, the angle people do is like, you know, it. oh, college is so sensitive and they shouldn't and it's so bad and it's college fault. You know, to be fair, maybe. Yes, it's possible. Also, but as a comedian, uh, make that joke funnier then. Mm. Funny it up even more. I guess. And I, you know, and I guess maybe it works in the club, but when you're in a different setting, it can... It can fall differently. Well, because it sounds like you're being progressive. Because mm-hmm. like you're taking the progressive angle of just like, well, clearly being gay is no choice. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's a good progressive angle. But like, you know, the people in this room already feel that, so yeah. you're not buying anything with that. You're no, not, you no. know, it's like, you know, I think women are the equal of men. And now here's my joke. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, we're already we're on board <laughs> with that. Uh, you know, you're not really buying anything. You haven't like levitated anything like higher yeah. uh, than it was. But okay. But yeah, my thing is almost always in those situations where, you know, the normal take is like, and isn't this sad that we live in this world where free thought <laughs> doesn't? It's like, no, just be funnier. Yeah. yeah. Funny it up. <laughs> or, hey, your joke isn't working. Yeah. You should probably cut that joke probably, that's not working. You could cut it or you can figure out how to make it work. Yeah. You know? it's, there's nothing nicer than seeing like a, like a comedian uh, turn on the audience and just go, no, that was funny. That was good. Nah, <laughs> you're wrong. This was this is an excellent joke. It's like no, it's no. The audience isn't really normally wrong, but okay, fair enough. They, Andy Kindler can do that. He does yes. turn on the audience sometimes, but uh, 
That's his shtick. That's his shtick, though. That's, he's, he's all in on that. Yeah. And I have seen Andy Kindler out and out bomb, and mm-hmm. still I was delighted by... His, res- his response to his... Yeah. 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 And he is a success, the guy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Middling, but yeah. Well, a middling success that, like, you know him, I know uh, yeah, him. He's a regular right. on he's, a, he's a, a television yeah. cartoon that's on, like, you know. On, yeah. On Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. That's he's right. Mort, yeah, yeah. the uh, mortician mm-hmm. next door. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he does does regular stuff and he does good stuff. He's very funny. But, yes, I would – I find that uh, – I remember seeing him at uh, – I guess it was kind of like a comedy bang-bang sort of – Collection just of people. At the people. Commodore uh, Ballroom. I think it wasn't at the Commodore. I think it was at the Vogue Theater. I saw him really bomb at the Commodore Ballroom once. I guess but I saw again him... was still very funny, but like he... I guess I saw him there too, but I don't remember him as much as I remembered like Doug Benson and there's a couple other people that stood out to me yeah, as being really funny. The one person funny. that did not work for me was uh, the guy who came up with the phrase "He's just not that into you, Greg." I know who you mean, but I can't remember his name. Bernhardt, Bernhardt, yes. something like that. Yeah, he just he just seemed to do a real meat and potatoes. Sure did. You know, men are like this, and women are like this, and That's it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, buddy. So, so we've you... heard. Apparently, he wrote for Sex in the City. So That's I guess the thing. Like he came he up with that his, for yeah. Sex in the, in the City, and then was so famous, he got a book out of it, mm. and was so famous, he got a talk show out of it, yeah. and was so famous that like no one liked either of those, and that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he didn't have much to offer outside of that really? as a he didn't have a great personality i feel like that isn't that like the something that you're selling as a comedian i think on stage is is who you are as part of your act right so yeah it's interesting like the guy, when the person person you're talking about who failed on stage who got booed off stage you wonder if like you feel like you're not hearing the whole story oh absolutely not you know because like how did he say it what was what was bookending on either side of that you know yeah like and and what about his stage act when he's not in a college place does he approach it differently is he like taking easy ways out and just swearing on stage in a live situation to get a quick laugh out of an audience and so he's assuming that his joke is getting the laugh and not just people are reacting to him throwing out f-bombs yeah you know what i mean like there's lots of different things that are ha- it could be happening in a situation yeah, i like realize that. like when we're talking about the, the that other guy who did the men are like this women are like this yeah like i get that he's got he's at a big show because the commodore ballroom is a big room yeah and it's like it's a big show. It's a it's a town that probably doesn't know you. I'm gonna do my A material. <laughs> I'm gonna do stuff that always kills. Yeah. Unfortunately, at a show like that, that was an alternative show. That's not the stuff that you do. You do the no. stuff that's a little weird, yeah. and people will go along with you. But if you if they can see that you're doing your ah da 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 da, <laughs> it's like oh come on man, this is your uh, you're right. insulting all of us. He had a cigar in his. Basic. Well, yeah. that would actually have been charming if he was like that old school. <laughs> if Henny Youngman came out and started doing bits, then that'd be, that'd be fine. But like, it's this. What are you doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah, we can get this anywhere. This isn't special. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. This isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like when you're a stand-up, you're uh, one your material. Uh, you gotta have a thing where it's like, is this person saying anything that's worth hearing? Yeah. Uh, and that could either be because it's interesting or it's hilarious. Sure. Hopefully a combination of both. Yeah. But then also, is this someone I want to spend time with? Cause I gotta yeah. spend like 10 to 15 minutes with this that's person right, right yeah. now. Yeah. It's like, well, even though they're saying stuff that's like somewhat funny, I don't know if I want to spend time with this person. And, uh, no. And so maybe there's an excuse where it's like, now's the time to like see if we can get this fellow to leave. Mm. Yeah. I remember seeing a comedian at, the prop house at Ben Mills old, old, uh, a very show. intimate space. It's a super intimate space. But, and this guy, this guy was basically boasting about himself sexually. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I just, and I wasn't seeing him. I was actually down below. <laughs> Keep knocking my bottle. I'm going to move it way far away from right. me. Right. When you think about this guy, I get so mad. So much. I knock over a bottle. Oh, sorry. I was down below getting coffee. So I was listening to him. Yeah. And you don't even drink coffee. That's how bad he was. That's how bad he was. 
I was with coffee drinkers, so I was grabbing some coffee okay. for people and uh, and some and some pie because I'm a pie eater. But because you like you like to laugh with a mouthful of pie, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. That's and like right. lemon meringue everywhere. <laughs> true. I like to meringue the audience. <laughs> When I inhale it while I'm laughing and yeah. start choking. <laughs> Spit out cherries. <laughs> yeah, pretty, much, pretty much I want to be the show wherever yeah. I go. It's not enough that people are on stage entertaining. I do want more to jokes about pie. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pie do you like? Okay, so this guy's up there so he's, talking about his cocks. Yeah, that's right. So he's boasting, and that's exactly what he's talking about. And I was just like... Where, like, what planet do you th- are you coming from? Where you think that people want to hear you boast about yourself uh, on a on a comedy stage? A stand up uh, comedy club, really? Yeah, that where seems people like people are all out on dates, and it's that kind of okay. almost like bro vibe. Oh. It's that kind of thing. Uh. I'm just like you come out now. Let me just ask. I don't know what the guy looked like. I'm going to assume he did not look like the most handsome fellow in the world, or was he? Was he just a good looking guy? Mm, he dressed like a good-looking guy, but I don't. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't great-looking. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Normally, it's like it's either a big guy or something yeah. like that, and that's the counter mm. to, to it. So you don't expect all oh, this person to be like a braggy. I uh, uh, no, he appeared like a braggy. He had a kind of a bit of a douchey look to him. Okay, there are some people that can, you know, sort of two elaborate jeans yeah, you're wearing. Uh, and you can do like that, that, but by God, your material has to be so fucking tight. Mm. And uh, and 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 you know, you're seeing it, of course, at a point where he's working on it. Yeah, maybe like in five years that's gonna be so crisp and you're gonna go yeah, yeah so so beautiful that's but possible for sure it wasn't playing in the room and very very rarely did material like that play in that room because it was was a very intimate room and you needed to really you need it and you know like you say it was a alternative space so if you bring in your hack stuff it's just going to come across really hacky yeah. in that in that space normally yeah when i go to a like a yuck yucks or I'll do like a, a pro am night or something like that. Mm. I'll go and it's just still shocking to me the material that's still there that's just like, yeah, so anyway, men like this and women like that. <laughs> and like still? You know, and then it's and then it's like almost always, you know, if uh they're anything but Caucasian and it's just like it's just the most base jokes about their own race. They're just like street level jokes. Yeah. About like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. What's yeah. that about? Like it's okay. Yeah. Just you know, you can do jokes about who you are, but like don't do don't steal the joke from the the racist white guy and then just put a new hat on it and then taught it out as your own. Right, same yeah. thing. Same thing. With hey, women. you were really bad drivers. Yeah, and same thing with same thing with women as well. They'll do like the, the really mm-hmm. super sexist things about you know. It's just like what, what year is this? What are we doing? What is now? <laughs> and then I'll go and do my little dip dap dupe and uh, go ahead and be fine. And like, all right, see, are you guys okay? I just want to talk to the audience. Just go. So you buying this, or yeah. what do you think? Do you feel insulted when people say this stuff to you? Uh, what's what's well, this like for you? Like to me, I mean, I don't think that's great, but it's okay if you're doing it and it's you. But yeah. to me, if it feels like I think Bill Burr is doing him, yeah, I think Bill Burr is that. Well, that's he's the thing. not putting on a. He thing. doesn't feel like he doesn't he's, feel like a phony. Yeah, clearly, like fifty yeah, percent for or whatever. sure. Yeah, you know. But when you see a person on stage and you're like, oh, you're just playing a character in front of us. And when you're when you're in a very small space like the propos was, it's obvious yeah. who you are and aren't. And why are you pretending to be this person that you're not? They'd be much more interested. The people who did the best there were comedians who came up on stage and kind of, you know, kind of took away the the persona of themselves as comedians yeah. and just gave us like real them their real 
experience and things like that that were good. I used to, yeah, I used to do a, uh, a night called a moose bush, and one of the things we took away was the microphone. I think that did change a lot of things because sure. it's such a crutch to have on there to hold this microphone, and it really distances you from the audience because now you're the guy with the microphone, you're talking to the microphone, even though you're a distance away from me where yeah. I can hear you. So it's like, why do we have the microphone? Mm. This is just bullshit. This yeah. is this is pointless. You just put the microphone aside, and now we're just having a conversation, and people will just perked up and listened more because it's not a microphone and I'm like, I'm listening to a performance. It's like, a guy's talking to me. I got to pay attention. (laughs) And like, if it's a funny thing, I'm going to laugh harder. And so all these comedians would come out and like be super nervous. And like the first joke that they would do, they would get a big laugh. And they'd be like, wow. They do another (laughs) one. They get a good laugh. I'm like, yeah, because you're talking to a person. Yeah. And it's like, it strips that away. And Mm -hmm. now the distance is gone and everything's upped. Yeah. And it's much more intimate. And then you, and yeah. then the comedians that really did well then went even more intimate with it and just went, oh, I can just tell this person a story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it did, uh, it did really, really, really nice. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah, why but I Prop say. House was also a really good room for that to intimacy. Sure. But I always thought, like, there's no need for this microphone in this uh, yeah. small environment at all. Yeah. Uh, Prop House, I think it was... What, it, held it was like, spread what, 20, out enough. 20 people? 25, yeah, but it was maybe? just kind of a weird setting. So you had people that were kind of all over the place. And so you weren't like close to the stage in many cases. You, sure, were, you were in another true. area. And, you know, it was kind of a weird, yeah. weird setup. I there. do miss the prop house. I do miss Ben Mills. We should have him on the show again. We should have Ben Mills on the show again. I was thinking about that. I was actually saying that to someone the other day. So Were you saying it to Ben Mills? <laughs> I was not saying it to Ben Mills. Because that's the guy you got to ask. I got to get in touch with Ben. I'm going to do that. Very good. I'm going to write a note to myself. You know who I call him? I call him Gentle Ben. That's very nice of you to call it. I call him Bental Jen, which is weird. (laughs) That's funny that we both, so close. I think I missed the mark by just just that much. That's okay. You know what? It was witty. (laughs) And you know what I say, (laughs) I know what you say. You know what I say. You need to say it again. Oh, mercy. (laughs) I'm wondering now if people have found the hidden things I uh, hid in the office when we moved out. Mm. You hit a kiss-themed toy guitar or like video game guitar that's correct somewhere in there yeah you hid a mug i hid a hobby horse you hid a hobby horse yes like the ones with the horse head and yeah. the stick and a stick yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's hidden was that a prop from a show yeah was it from swordplay no because okay. we had uh we had uh full body horses oh, that you that's got right. into that's right and and mm-hmm. rode around those were pretty good horses have i ever told you how much i love swordplay thank you it's one of my favorite things i've ever done oh it's so great this is fantastic I'm glad I went and saw it three different times. Because <laughs> it's one of those things you're like, why am I seeing this so often? And then I thought, you know what? I'll never see this again. You know, and most most likely I'll never it'll never be the same again. So even if you put it on, we again, legitimately tried to do something new every scene. Yeah, and I think like people were kind of at their best at that time and yeah. really into it and going yeah. for it. And yeah, we had video games in it, we had songs in it, we had full musical numbers, we wrote songs. You've posted stuff from it and on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know if it reads as much on uh, on video. It's one of those things no. I think like when you're in the environment, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really did like about the show. <laughs> And I got my friend uh, Roger and uh, Louise to to help with this. Was uh, was we had a fake program that uh, that laid out all of uh, all these songs that were going to be in the show okay. that weren't yeah. in the show yeah. that kind of broke down kind of where it was going that all fit in with because it was a Three Musketeers themed yeah. uh, thing, but they all were like good pun songs. And yeah, songs. yeah, these all sound like good songs. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this is what the show's going to be, and then like, nope, none of that's <laughs> in the show at all. Nope. But I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, yeah. just reading these goofball things that. Like you, I wanted it from the program in anything that you that mm. you saw was part of the show and would be weird. And then we made people kiss in the audience, which was also fun. Yeah. Oh no, that was a great great show. Uh, unfortunately, the girls don't remember it. Mm. They loved it at the time. 
you know, but now they're so young when, when it was on that it's gone. gone yeah. I do want to do something like that again. It's, uh, you know, uh, we you and you were part of a show I did uh, recently, which was the James Bond show. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was an interesting thing in that we did so much prep for uh, swordplay. We had all these uh, set pieces. Oh, yeah. and we had uh, we had full set changes that were just like yeah. uh, I helped a little bit setting up the the stage for you. Yes, and we had all this rolled up cloth, which is yeah. what we used as like the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so we we'd flip them all over at once, and it would change the backgrounds yeah. completely. Yeah, it was great. It was an interesting effect that I've never seen since. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with the James Bond thing, I knew I didn't have any rehearsal time with most of the people there. Yeah, so we had to do almost all the prep ahead of time, and then on the day, kind of break it down like. You're going to do this. 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 And that was our show day. Like that was our actual show. Yeah. We did it. And, uh, and people, people really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I still hear from like the people that ran the theater, how much they liked that show. But I'm just like, we had people like Patrick Maliha in it yeah. who didn't rehearse at all. Yes. And we had them doing improv scenes that they'd never done before. Yeah. And like, I just trying to convince them, you're going to do a moving body scene. Here's how it works. And I'm going to tell you, it never fails. <laughs> and like, he was like, I don't know, man. I've never done this before. You don't have to know it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a lock, brother. Mm-hmm. You just do this, this and this, and this will kill. And it was so much fun watching him doing it yeah. and just going, Oh, <laughs> oh, this is destroying. It's just so great. It was a fun yeah. show. Yeah, a lot of uh, pre pre taped video things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were great. You got oh yeah, because you got killed I in got the killed. first half of the show. That's true. And then the second half of the show is a tribute to you. Yeah, we did this great uh, in memoriam picture of you that we put up. <laughs> just, yeah. just so stupid. Yeah, this is <laughs> just great. cracked me up. That's great. It's it's fun when you can have those sort of. Oh, I bribed an audience member. Uh, the first thing I did, I come out. And I bribe an audience member with five dollars. Uh, to, uh, to like, just like, listen, you gotta be like giving us a lot of like, yeah. ah, through yeah. the show. Yeah. So you're, you're my man through this whole thing. Cause yeah, yeah. I was playing Ian Fleming and yeah, I gave him five dollars to just like, you know, <laughs> really goose it up. Hype it. You had a hype man. Hype it up. Yeah. yeah. Hype man in the audience. That's yeah. Good. I went like, this guy's popular, right? You all know this guy? Yeah. All right. Look, you win them all <laughs> over, brother. <laughs> Here's a crisp five for you. That's good. I was happy to have the five. What was good was uh, when I saw the Rio, of course. And then when we when you did the show in Chilliwack, <laughs> the real where all the tech stuff went out the window. Oh yeah, we had to rehearse it for like five hours for tech. Yeah, and then and then the person that we rehearsed it with left, mm. and then just like loosely told the person who was coming in, oh, "That's what you do," and uh, they couldn't do it. And yeah. they, we had a scene. Sorry, I just want to say we had one scene, and the whole bit was the lights go out. Yes, the lights go out. Yeah, and we just do all this crazy shit that happens in the dark. Yeah, lights did not go out lights at all go out. until the very end of the scene, where it's like, well. And where the lights go on, lights go out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was great. But what was also fun with, well, cause, you know, because there's just two different audiences. You had, you know, your kind of young, young person, hipster kind of crowd. A lot of, uh, probably a lot of uh, critical hit show fans who right. came out to see the, because a lot of people, a lot of. From, yeah, people from, of, from Critical from Hit were in it. Yeah. yeah. And then when you went to Chilliwack, because I was out, you know, I was out front getting tickets and stuff for, for Lisa and Eve who came to watch it. Uh, a lot of gray hairs because a lot of people who were like um what would you call them subscribers season ticket holders yeah season ticket ticket holders to this for these things you so. know was super happy about it uh the husbands i'm gonna do men are like this women are like this but quite often the women <laughs> wait are men from mars 
no, but women do buy the season tickets to a play, to a series of theater oh, okay. things. Yeah. And then the guy gets dragged along <laughs> to the Nutcracker or whatever. Am I right, ladies? And so when it's a crazy comedy show, yeah. Happy Husband. Sure. He's like, what's this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this no is one... sexy lady dancing here. Oh. This is all right. What's this about? Very sexy lady. Mm-hmm. Doing a great... Uh, fire dance. Fire dance, yeah. To um, Live and Let Die. Yeah. Man, if only you'd edited out the Reiki part. <laughs> And not only because... What if you just edit it so it was just the reggae part? <laughs> oh, that'd be so mean to the person doing the fire dance. It's all downhill. It's all the low point of the song. But you're right. It was uh, it was kind of blue, blue hairish. Mm, but yeah. it was fun to see them enjoy themselves at it, though. Yeah. Well, they they've seen James it. Bond movies. They they're get probably like, that. What, what? It isn't another staging of Our Town? <laughs> no, it's this. It's this crazy thing that you'll never see again. You'll be so impressed by it. And then it's gone. Yeah. Which is kind of magical. Unlike this our is, town, which is always around. Yeah, this is my hope to uh, do more stuff like that. That'd be that would be fun. Oh, that'd be cool. Yep. Um, Dave. Ian. Look. What? Uh, a lot of people nowadays um <laughs> okay. they go out. Yep. And they see a movie. Do they? Or they'll stay home. It's also and they'll watch a, a movie. It's also an option. Or they'll go to Blockbuster. Okay. And oh. it's closed. Yep. Though I did find my Blockbuster card while we were moving. Oh nice. Yeah. So I oh. can go to that one blockbuster in the states that still exists. In Alaska, I think. Yeah. No, no, not in Alaska. That one's closed. Oh, the one in Alaska. There's, a, there's another up? one. Like oh, down in, in, down in Portland, down like in Oregon, anyway. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yeah, we got to do a little trip down there. But, uh, but, but I saw a movie the other day. Oh, okay. Why don't you tell me that, and then we'll go into the to our listeners. Which uh, it's on Netflix. It's directed by Gareth Evans, I think, it's, or Gareth something. He directed. Uh, the Raid Redemption and uh, The Raid 2. Oh, nice one. All right. Raid 2 is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> and so he just written and directed a new movie called Apostle that stars um, that guy who's Dan, Dan Thingy okay. fr- from Legion. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know who I mean. So, like, I thought you meant like Dan Parent, former guest of the Not show. Not Dan Parent. No, Dan. He was on um, Down. He was on Downton Abbey. He's in Beauty and the Beast. He's the he's the Beast. That's right. And he has a name, Dan Stevens. Okay. His name is so strangely bland. It's like a name that you're like that was available. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the SAG who has that name. You're not Dan J. Stevens. Maybe there was someone with a PH and he was the uh, EV. Ah. Okay. So uh, yeah. So Dan Stevens is in it. And have you, did you see it? Have you watched it? No. Did you know it's on there? No, I just wrote I it down. Even the word, I just wrote it down. Yeah, it's like, called Apostle, and it's it's a uh, it's kooky. It's no Raid Two. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange film. It has a uh, Michael Sheen in it as well. Okay. And I like a Michael Sheen. He's very good in it, and it has some other people as well, and I can't remember their names. Is there action in this film? It is not an action-packed movie. It's right. more of a psychological thriller slash metaphysical exploration of how we view divinity and it's really interesting though but with it but in a really ultra violent way ultra violent way yeah it's uh it's got some scenes where you're just like what's happening can't look but uh then it's but it's also really an interesting yeah like i say it's a it's a i don't know if it's a allegory or it's or if it's just like he just means it like straight on, and you're supposed to like hmm. take it uh, take it as written on the page, but it has some interesting uh, things that people say in it, and it's really it's a it's a curious film. But yeah, I didn't even know it was on. I was actually I heard about it on the Flophouse because they like they recommend movies at the end of the show, yeah. and one of them said, "Did you like the Raid Raid Two? Well, this is a new movie from the, that director, and you might enjoy it." And I was like, "I'm in," and I lo- and I'll be honest, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I love 
movies or books or, or any kind of medium that explores like kind of metaphysics like I, and I don't really care how you approach it you can approach it in any way but I'm interested in it okay cuz I just I find that I find the supernatural not supernatural so much as the how would you describe it I find the transcendent interesting and I just I just find that really this gets my brain going and so I really enjoyed the transcendent elements of this film as well as the it's kind of a spy movie in a way it's not like a real spy movie but it has sort of spy movie elements to it it's kind of a mystery i'll give you the basic sure, idea of the plot it. so it's dan stevens is this guy he's a bit of a, he's been a, he's a bit down and out okay we get that we don't know what his backstory is but his sister has been taken hostage by a group of cults cult members who live on an island a remote island and he has been tasked by his father to go there and rescue his sister okay and that's what the movie's about so he sneaks onto this island and tries to find what happened, where his sister is. And this, this island, I guess they're desperate to keep going as a community. So they've kidnapped this woman knowing that her father is wealthy and are attempting to extort money in order to keep themselves mm. afloat. And it's a, it's a, it's a very good film though. I think it left Mary cold. I'll just say that. Okay. So some people, you know, like I say, I've had it, I've heard negative, but I've also right. heard that wasn't just positive. the temperature in the room at the time. No, your dad keeps the temperature really. Cold. <laughs> I do, I do like a cold house. I yeah, you're tell like you right a now. David Letterman. You like it nice and. Nice I and like crisp. it. I like it cold, and I like it cheap. I like <laughs> to have a low, a low gas bill every month. That's okay. my that's my biggest goal. I, if I, I turn off the, the heat sometime in late spring. The mm-hmm. heat goes off, heat goes off in the house. Okay. I turn off the furnace. Okay. And I try you stop being emotionally warm. I try to to not turn it on until sometime in November. Okay. That's always my goal. When when the house starts to get kind of musty smelling, I decide you know what time to turn on the furnace, everybody. And then there's a rousing chorus of thank God. Dad, it's weird for me now using gas for the first time because you, know, you turn on the oven and you smell a little bit of gas. You're like, mm. Oh wait, is this yeah, yeah, yeah. Is good? Is this good? No, it should. Yeah, shouldn't. You're waiting for that whoosh and like for it to be like all good and all happening and like, <laughs> all right, everything's fine. It's like, well, wait, should it be? All right, it's okay. Yeah, every time I smell gas normally, mm. it's like, well, yeah, it's bad. Is, it's bad. Yeah, but no, this is because you're using it. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Like, all right. Yeah, I don't have a gas uh, stove at home. We just we're we're. New fashion. I mean, I'm like, newfangled. I'm liking it. Mm. I'm liking it. It's working good, especially like the stovetop element of it. I love yeah. how fast it all goes okay. and whatever. And yeah, you yeah. know, if you're hanging out here later tonight, we'll probably make popcorn. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, it's really good for for that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's still it's something. I, it's open flame in, in, in the house. It's really, really 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 strange. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. I mean, I've my aunt had it, and it did. It scared me too. As like a, it was always in person. It was always at cottages when we were on vacation, mm-hmm. and it was always. What's this about? Yeah, well, because there's yeah, there's they don't have power there. And you had to like power, uh, so. start up with a little clicker, and you had mm-hmm. a little click, 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 click. <laughs> you know, there it goes. Yeah, like, how does it? How does the gas know where to go and not go everywhere? And now it's on me. And an annoying part of uh, like uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have a cabin, and it, but it's a very it's a, at a very high elevation, and so it mm. it doesn't work as well. Yeah. So it takes everything takes longer. So if you're like when you get tasked to cook, which is part of your yeah, stay there, is boil some water. You have to do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll just make some rice and this and that. With how long does it take to get, a boil, <laughs> get that rice boiling? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. And yet the sun's high in the sky, and that's very hot. So <laughs> how's that work? <laughs> Why did I get a magnifying glass and get this uh, get yeah. this rice boiling? Oh, there you go. Mm. That that would work. I'm thinking. That was planning. 
So um, just flopping it over to uh, to back uh, to movies, back to movies, and our listeners. Are you bringing up a top ten list that we've been receiving I from think people? So yeah, we've been, our, our listeners have been nice enough to be sending us mm-hmm. uh, movie mm-hmm. lists of yeah. things they like, and uh, we've been uh, discussing them and going like yeah. it, don't like it, like it, <laughs> haven't heard of it. it? Yeah. What yeah. are you talking about? Seen it? Not seen it. And uh, and often uh, they'll talk about Scott Pilgrim, and I'll bring up that I really like Scott Pilgrim. You sure do. Yeah. I do too. I do too. It's one of my favorite movies. Ask me if I like Into the Spider Verse more. Do you like Into the Spider Verse more? I might. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. After seeing wow. it the one time, it's a possibility. Interesting. My gosh, it's really get up. The person I was with, he's so, building uh, it up a bit. He said uh, that it's in his uh, top five superhero movies ever, and I can see what he's saying. He's he's not incorrect in in this. Wow. Yeah, I'm building. I'm building it up, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. It's the kind of movie that like I can build up. It's fine. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I guess you know. What? I just want to say that before we open this uh movie list of top ten movies. Yeah, this is our last one. Okay. We have no more content for have the show. Have we done ten of these so far? I don't know. I think we've done more oh, than ten. We should. Uh, we should decide what our top ten top ten lists of movies. Yeah, are. we'll we'll decide who has the best movie list. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everyone who's been sending those in. Yeah, it's really We'll nice figure out what new little gimmicky weirdo thing we'll uh, do. It might be something where we invite you over to the house to help my wife and me clean up. <laughs> you know, that'd be fun, right? Just uh, help mm-hmm. us clean up a bit. Move some boxes around. Move some boxes around, you know, just sure. really get to know us, have a nice intimate time. Uh, be good. You know what? I think working with someone like that, you would, you would really get to know them better yep. than just like a social situation where you can put on a, a, a fake mask of, of civility. But when you're like getting your your you know your elbows your elbows dirty when you get your elbows dirty because all that elbow grease yeah when you get, get your, your elbows, elbows dirty. Uh, dirty yeah that's the old expression that's the old expression and thank you for not using an animal in that that's expression. fine that's fine when you're squishing a cat moving uh when you're you know that's like you're gonna really see what people people are like yep. deep down you're gonna you're gonna see if the, someone's a shirker if someone is a hard worker if someone is a midnight twerker twerker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, you for finishing that up. No one. <laughs> I know people always talk about how holiday dinners are the time where you know the tensions rise yeah. and everything gets said, and it's like, no, 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 brother. Have your family help you move. That's a <laughs> That's thing. A real test. Yeah, and then have them yeah. bring their friends along to help you. Oh, and, that uh, is really a real give test. You, give you some mm-hmm. coaching while you're there. Yeah. yeah. Once again, it's just good when the friends have notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's always helpful. Yeah. And the best friends are the ones that uh, are the sort of people who have an enemies list. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people you always want to have helping you. Because that doesn't scare you at all. You're just like, oh, you have an enemies list. Oh. <laughs> how, how, can I just ask you a quick question? How do you get on an enemies list? I just want to yeah. know before we start anyway, working together. And then you realize, are you Richard Nixon? <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> I'm helping you move. <laughs> you commie pinko. <laughs> <laughs> so whose list is this, Dave? So this list is from uh, listener Ken Holzhauser. Hi, Ken. Thank you, Ken. And uh, Ken starts his list with the following missive. You okay. ready? He says, hello, David and Ian. Oh, thank God. I was really worried. This is my first proper correspondence, so I'll start by saying I enjoy Sneaky Dragon. Thank you very much. Glad you, glad you listen. He says, I first discovered you through Completely Beatles. Ah, yeah. Which, as I said, is our gateway drug. Sure. And I'm devouring the full Mark Sidecast. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well, we did Completely Beatles, those of you who don't know. Uh, we did it, uh, it was basically, we did Sneaky Dragon, but like, as we were the Beatles. <laughs> Hello, Dave. How's your, how was your week? Oh, my week was... <laughs> my week. How's your week going all day? Oh, my week was hard. Hard. I don't uh, know if I can... How hard was it? 
I can't, I, I can't pull off it. Sorry, I'm so light. Those girls were chasing me down the street. <laughs> did you fall down? I did fall down. Oh, you know, we fall. Did you? So we get picked back up again <laughs> by the birds. <laughs> by the birds, I mean the band. I like that the band. birds who are the girls. <laughs> and this before is, you oops, say, like, who the hell is this? I'm, I'm, I'm Pete Best. Are you are you plugging I'm, your I'm, nose? I'm being, are you plugging your nose Best. to be a beetle? Yeah. Is that how you do, you do a beetle? That's how you do a Liverpool oh, accent because you've got to hold your nose because it's a stinky oh, place. You gotta, you gotta, oh, you know, it's got, a, it's got a cast iron shore. It's fancy, stinky. Strawberry fields, so all the all the <laughs> strawberries are all they're all rotten. <laughs> all right. I think you've got your demo reel for your voice. <laughs> your voice, voice actor. Voice acting. <laughs> I'm ready you know for what? Yellow Submarine it's, it's 2. Still, it still was better. It still yeah. was better than yeah. a lot of the Beatles voices from the old Beatles cartoon. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. Wouldn't you? I don't remember it. Oh, it's terrible. It's been a long time oh, since so, I saw it. Oh, so terrible. The old 60s Beatles cartoon. Mm-hmm. We went to see it once. Like We saw it like uh, at like um, some sort of animation festival, and that was one of the things they oh, had. Oh, okay. And they were like, stinkaroo. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, the worst. I'm... Ringo wasn't too bad. But Ringo. everything else was like miles away from 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 <laughs> anything to do with the Beatles. So if you're doing John, you do kind of plug your nose and do the sh- the sharper voice. Yeah, and that's sort of the same with and George. Paul is just the rounded, Paul, very yeah. rounded. Paul, so you cool. kind of just go into a softer so, voice and do right. that. Huh? And I can normally do Ringo, Ring- but I can't do Ringo right now. Ringo is a sort of sad sounding. Oh, I'm just a drummer. And George, what's George? George is also kind of sharp. He's got a bit of a sharp voice too, like John. I would always just do a quiet voice. I'm the quiet one. I don't say very much. What's that, George? (laughs) Make up, George. But I'll I'll tell you right now, I'll make the best jokes in the movies. True. Okay, so Ken's list starts with that missive. (laughs) Yeah, let me me finish the missive. All right. Don't be dismissive. Hits and missives. (laughs) Plus, despite loving Tintin comics since my high school French class, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of your Tintin podcast, oh. and I'm enjoying it too. Aww. Ken, you're really getting a full meal deal from the... Uh... And by the way, have you heard about Sneaky Dragon Listening Party? <laughs> Just to fill, fill, in your, fill in the rest of the Sneaky Dragon things. And of course, our, uh, our original podcast, Mostly yeah. Marmaduke. Mostly we went Marmaduke. Over every Marmaduke. Most of everyone's... Yeah. Every Marmaduke yeah. Uh, single panel cartoon. Sure. And uh, talked it over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got actually I got a clip from that. Let me just play it. Let oh me sure, play sure, that, right? sure. Okay, okay, Dave. So this yeah. is 1963, and Marmaduke uh, has. Uh, oh, okay. The the housewife is is looking where the pie is. Mm-hmm. There's no pie, and Marmaduke is lying when you see his bulging b- belly. Yeah, and he looks like he's in some pain. Mm. And uh, she goes, um, "Where's the pie?" <laughs> oh, Marmaduke. Four stars out of five. I guess what I would give it to. Right. You know, it's interesting at that time that uh, John Simpleson, who was filling in, was a ghost artist on it at the mm-hmm. time, trying, well, he was really influenced by uh, Miro, the uh, Spanish surrealist painter. Right. And he brought a lot of that to his art. You can see, like, there's a few places in this drawing where it looks like Marmaduke. Well, there's a flaming giraffe in the background, which is sort of a dolly thing. Right, of course, right. he was a big fan of that. Okay. The other thing was, at that time, yeah. Well, he was an alcoholic, Simpleson. Right. And so he was suffering a lot from that. I uh, had DTs. Right. And so in actual fact, I don't think he actually drew this cartoon. I think as he was ghosting for uh, the original artist for it, right. Arthur Brett, Simpleson had another guy who was ghosting for him. Right. Who was kind of an unknown car- cartoon at the time, uh, Wally Wood. Oh. But he had left Mad. Right. Had gone to Marvel. Right. Had left Marvel. Right. Gone to a different company, to uh, Charlton. Right. Yeah. 
left yeah. Charlton, mm-hmm. went yes. back, right. went to another, yes. went to DC, uh-huh. left DC, correct, and then he started ghosting on Marmaduke, right. And the interesting thing about Wally Wood, no, not yes. Can I do one more? Sure. All right. This is one um, where uh, it's the wife, and she's this counter. Yeah. And she's uh, asking, uh, "Where's the chocolate cake?" Oh. And Marmaduke yeah. is on the ground, yeah. and he's dead. <laughs> well, a lot of people say that Wally Wood brought a kind of morbid element to the to it. You know? Well, Wally Wood. Yeah. And that was uh, that yeah, was, that was mostly good. Marmaduke. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that was then because we finished that. When we finished that, we did a heap full of Heathcliff. And that I was, was also quite good. Heathcliff as well. <laughs> I like when he uh, <laughs> breathes and he's got a little fishbone uh, in the breath. <laughs> yeah. All right. So continue the missive. Mm-hmm. That'd be good, actually, if people, when they breathe, did have like... A little fishbone? Well, not fishbones, but like coffee cups. Mm. You know? It's a good warning. Sean Proudlove has a thing about uh, that series of ads um, where it's uh, the bad breath things that follow you around. Oh, okay. It's like coffee mm. and garlic. Yeah. And then there's a donut. And his thing is always donut. <laughs> like, weird. who have you ever gone like, yeah. oh, woohoo, donut breath? <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably happy to say no, it was donuts. Yeah. But it's like a little pink frosted donut. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, that seems delightful. Yeah. This, that's not bad breath at all. <laughs> no, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Sweet. It's too sweet. If you don't like sweets. Yeah. Woo, who's been eating birthday cake? Whoa! Yikes! Ho <laughs> ho! Yow! <laughs> anyway. I hope you're enjoying waiting for us to get to your list, Ken. Right. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah. it was my wife's birthday this week, so happy birthday to Pia. Oh, happy birthday, Pia. Back there. Okay. She doesn't uh, advertise on Facebook that it's her birthday. Nope. Wise. Doesn't uh, put all the personal info out there. Mm, yeah. Good, good, good thinking. He says, I'd like to offer a movie list of my own. Very good. Movies that have elicited an emotional response from me. Favorites without a real order, except for number one. Solidly my favorite movie. Okay. I offer for you. Is this number one that we're starting with? Yep. All right. I offer, unless you want me to start at the bottom. No, no, no. We can start with the number one and we'll go to town. Well, uh, it's your choice. Uh, start Deal- with, we'll start at 10. We'll start at 10 and go Dealer's to Dealer's choice. Okay, yeah. go ahead. It's all here for me, so I, it's easy. He says, I offer you a kitschy list of favorites. Okay. Number 10. Number 10, I've never seen this movie, but anyway, number 10, The Baby. Okay. It's a horror movie. Yeah. But I've not seen it. Okay, I have not seen it either. Uh, it's about a baby, an evil baby. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up while you, Please do. while you guess. So I'm assuming it's an evil baby. Yep. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna guess that it's an alien baby. Oh. Uh, and that uh, you don't realize, yep. she doesn't realize she's been impregnated by an alien. Okay. And then the baby, uh, you know, she thinks the baby's adorable and loves the baby. And uh, the baby pretends to be good and then every so often goes off and does stuff and starts killing people. And it is the evil baby. Because I think, like, if it's a demonic baby, that's too much. Yeah. We've already been down that road. I think an alien baby is the way to go. What, uh, what say you? So the, here's – I'm going to give you a quick pressy of the film. All right. Social worker Anne Gentry okay. is fascinated by the case of Mrs. Wadsworth. And, and her, her fo- name. And yes, <laughs> so I would be Wadsworth, who apparently – Travel back from, from the, the American Revolution into our time. No. Ms. Okay, because that is quite the, that's quite the twist I wouldn't expect. And her fully grown son who has the mind and behavior of a baby. Oh. Her interest fast becomes obsession and leads to a bizarre and violent conclusion. Oh. But I'm sorry, I've never heard of this film. But 1973 is when it came out. I would also then say like, then you gotta have a baby that's got the mind of a person who's that age. And uh, <laughs> why do you have to have it balanced? Because uh, that's the thing. Okay, It'd be fun. Very, very zen of you. Yeah. The next film. All right. So, anyone out there seen the baby? You let us know what you think of that one. 
The next film. By the way, why not call it Oh Baby? Oh, Oh Baby. Yeah, not The Baby. Oh Baby. Why Oh Baby? Because you see that. What are you seeing tonight? Oh Baby. <laughs> oh, well, I'd see that. Doesn't sound like Oh Baby would be so much more fun sure. to see than The Baby. Okay. Especially like, look, say mm. you're say you're a parent. I'm a parent. It's a parent. I'm a parent. It's apparent you're a parent, as a parent. they say in family circles. Yes. Uh, you're like you get the sitter. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, we're leaving the kids at home. It's mm. just going to be us. It's going to be our night out. Yeah. Good times. What do you want to see? The baby? No. Yeah, that's home. You don't need that. But oh, baby, yeah, you'll see that little romantic. Oh, let's see what's going on. <laughs> I see that movie. All right, go ahead. Number nine. Nice. Uh, number nine, the insane film billy jack oh no god damn it i think i've seen like a couple of the sequels but i don't think i've seen the original billy Jack. oh so you saw the trial of billy jack isn't there like another one as well i think there's billy only Mac? two i think there's only two there's one that he did before which is like a motorcycle movie but okay and I, it might be billy jack related i don't know All but right, it's I'm not called check that billy out jack. while you talk about billy jack it's called like the fallen angels or some kind of name like that or okay something something uh but billy jack is uh, it's been a long time since i saw it it's basically it was a movie. Are you talking the Born Losers? Born Losers. There you go. That's right. Sorry. The... Oh wait, and sorry. Uh, there's there's a couple more. Yeah. Okay. So there's the Born Losers, which yeah. you say is like on the fence as to whether it really is. Mm-hmm. Billy Jack. Billy Jack. Yeah. The Trial of Billy Jack. I said that one. Yeah. Billy Jack goes to Washington. Oh, I forgot about that one. Sorry. And then uh, the Return of Billy Jack. I've not seen that one. Okay. I have seen the three films. Yeah, I, ha- I think I have seen Billy Jack goes to Washington. None of them are good. I just want to point that out right now. What is but they about? What's interesting about Billy Jack is it uh, features Howard Hessman, the actor who was later on WKRP in Cincinnati. Right. And then uh, also on uh, a show where he's a teacher. Yes, head of the class. Head of the class. And he's in the film. But So he's in the film as as uh, a member of like a a kind of like a, what do you would call them? They're not, I guess they're kind of like proto-improvised tr- troupe, you know, that has like elements of mime and and you know the, you know what i'm talking okay. about the kind of stuff that was popular in the in the late 60s sure, sure. you know like people who would be like we're not we're not putting on a show with a script but we're doing something that's real freaky and far out everybody I hear you. it's a happening it's a happening anyway that's and then and then there's a woman uh i don't want to be mean but she was related to the she was like the actual wife of the guy who played billy jack in the movie okay. whose name i can't remember and in the film she uh she gets assaulted and then he ha- so he has to go on a like a, a a spree and and avenge her or whatever. Okay, as everyone did back mm-hmm. then. Yeah, and about half of America was on a, a spree an avenge avenging spree, and kind of like the show uh, Kung Fu with David Carradine. Some of the worst Kung Fu you'll ever see performed in that film. You know, you just don't want. You don't need. This is my this is my opinion. I, I know I'm going out there. What you don't need in a movie is a guy who's kind of out of shape, a little overweight, mm-hmm. doing Kung Fu. Mm. It's just. There's no point to it. Okay. It's, just, it's not believable. All right. It's not happening. More like Kung Fudge. <laughs> Guess so. <laughs> How about to say more like Kung Fui? Well, there's a Hong Kong Fui. But I didn't say that. I said Kung Fui. Right. What about I'm Kung that Pao Fu? <laughs> sure. Okay. But uh, so it wasn't worth all the sequels. No, I it don't must think. Have been a but it was an incredibly successful film because it kind of tapped into like the anti-establishment okay because i think there's an element of it and it's hard for me to like i think that she gets attacked by like people who are authorities oh they should they should be like good guys but they're not so it's the flip of uh it's it's the flip of the death wish movies where it's not it's not hippies yeah and then the establishment guy has to like get a gun and go to town and start shooting all the hippies it's the flip it's It's a flip billy Billy jack is like yeah and i think that the actor who played that character 
I had some element of of like Native American. Yeah, I think so too. And so that part was kind of played up in the film. So it kind of appealed to people who you yeah. know, and, and to you know people who were looking for something that was not. They were looking for a movie that was like Zabriskie Point, but was fun. What was Zabriskie Point? Sorry. Oh, it was this Antonioni movie about how terrible America is, and okay. we're all—it's all crass commercialism and everything. I just, like, I, I just like the idea that like all this, all these people were like, we're looking for a Zabriskie Point type. Movie yeah, we are. We're looking for a movie that's gonna like show us America as it really is. Okay. You know the stinking heart of this. <laughs> Vietnam maggoty corpse of a country. Sure. We need a movie that's going to explore this yeah, mess. You show us. Yeah, man. Down with the man, man. Right. Man. Down with Manfred, man. Do you remember one time we were watching a documentary? You and I were watching a documentary and it was like, it was kind of early, early 60s and it was talking about, I think, uh, the S, like the SDS, like the Social Democrat, whatever it's called, the, the free speech movement at Berkeley and stuff. And there's, they're interviewing people. And there's a guy he's like talking, but he's and he's using man, okay. but can you you can tell he's not quite used to saying man, <laughs> and so it doesn't have that like flow to it. Sure. It's kind of like, well, man, it was kind of, like he's not quite yeah. not quite there yet, you know. And Sorry, like, that makes me think of uh, Harold Ramis as uh, the undercover RCMP officer in the SCTV sketch, okay. and he's dressed as a hippie and yeah, he's on his yeah. horse and he's talking to other hippies like, "Hey, man, do you know where I can get some drugs, man?" Yeah. Yeah. I've got plenty of bread, man. <laughs> yes, and he's on the he's on the horse. He's looking for a horse. Yeah, it's so good that he's on the horse. It's yeah, just such that, a simple, dumb thing. It's good. It's good. You know why that show was so good? Yeah, even though Harold Ramis couldn't stop laughing through all the sketches. <laughs> for all people that, like talk about Jimmy Fallon going, "Hey, Mister Unprofessional," yeah, yeah, I was like, "Check out Harold Ramis in the first season of SCTV. He cannot stop corpsing through <laughs> the whole thing, and they yeah. cannot afford to do another take." Yeah, yeah. so. He's just it. giggling through the whole. What's thing. even worse is that he wrote a lot of it. That's the thing. You shouldn't be I laughing know. at your own jokes. That's Harold. right. <laughs> Come on, Harold. Come on, Harold. Have we had said enough of Billy Jack? Sure. It's you know, it's Time a thing. It's been a long. Time. I mean, I watched that movie when I was like in my early twenties. So okay, it's been a while. I'm remembering it very vaguely, I, and again, I'm sorry. I've seen the sequels. I will see. I will see Billy Jack. You don't have time. to. You don't oh. have to. All right. I think. Uh, By the I, way, the movie's got longer and longer. Started off reasonably long. Yep. Got longer. Got really long. I have not seen The Return, though, or whatever it's called. Uh, number eight. This is a weird switch. We go from we go from a movie that, The Baby, yeah. 1973. This is the teenager. Billy Jack, around the same time period. Sure. To Wuthering Heights, which is from an earlier period. Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen any it, of these. Who's in that movie? Merle Oberon or something like that? Or? You're asking the wrong guy. It has I know it has Laurence Olivier as uh, playing the role of... Uh, you talk about it while I look it of up. Of Heathcliff. Then. Okay. I you know. Bad. I have a big problem with Wuthering Heights, and I don't know if it's really the book, and I have read the book, or it's the movie. I studied it in college, and all I remember is the teacher wanted us to watch the movie, and she practically orgasmed in front of the class over Laurence Olivier as Heathcliff. Okay. Then I watched the movie, and Heathcliff... This is from 1939 we're talking? I guess so. Okay. Is there a a more recent version that I don't know Yeah, much more recent, though. Okay. I forget. That would be 1939. And then I watched the film, and it's about this brute. David Niven, Laurence Olivier, Merle Oberon. Yeah, Merle right. Oberon. That's uh, right. Geraldine uh, Fitzgerald, mm. Donald Crisp, and Flora Robson. Yes, David Niven would have been would have been Linton, the man that Kathy marries, who's sort of an ineffective milk toast. I feel bad that I don't actually, I don't know the story. Compared to the rugged, individualistic... Heathcliff, who treats her like garbage, mm-hmm. treats her absolutely like garbage. So, do you have a problem with the book? 
I have a problem with with someone loving that character. And I, that's how I was. In, that's how I kind of look at the book now. Is that people read that book and they admire Heathcliff mm-hmm. when he's a fucking asshole and a jerk and a jerk face and also a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I just and it's so just drives me crazy that I'm withering statements towards Wuthering is, Heights. Yeah, withering Heights. And so here's my my introduction to you know like we read the book obviously and I didn't think much of it because I, I just I'm not a fan a huge fan of gothic. Like I just don't like all that kind of heavy breathing. Uh, you know, Buddhist ripping sort of things going on. By the way, I can mm-hmm. hear Louise Moon writing us right now. Go ahead, Louise, She's, write to me. I can, I can, I can if you're hear tell her me, on her message board right now. I, uh, I, I just hear the clickety clack clack clack. Well, I just, I just because she's got an old timey typewriter that then immediately uh, like goes to her uh, iPad. Like you know, I, I'm an Austin fan. I'm a Trollope fan. Like what I like in books are down to earth people dealing with reality. And I don't want this sort of heightened reality of, not even the height, I don't mind heightened reality. I just feel like why am I can't admire Heathcliff and I can't admire other guy who's in Jane Eyre, who's also a jerk, who keeps his wife locked in an attic and makes... Rebecca? Not Rebecca, no, Jane Eyre. Wait, is that Jane Eyre? Oh, sorry. Rebecca's the one where... Okay, thanks. What's his name? Rochester. Thank you, yeah. Rochester, yep. Remember when he comes in, he's like, you boss, <laughs> my wife is locked. I yeah, can't even do his yeah, voice. Okay. I'm so pleased with let, myself. Let me do, let me do Rochester sure, for you. Sure. Hello there, my name's Rochester. <laughs> I want my wife in the attic. Oh, I'll, I'll be the mad wife in the attic. Mm. Oh, Rochester, why did you lock me in the attic? Oh dear. Because you wouldn't stop farting. Oh. You know. <laughs> You brought me you back. You were bringing me to Wuthering you Heights. You brought me back from the Caribbean, and now you've locked me in an attic. Oh, dear. Some people would call it the penthouse suite, but if you were to call it an attic, <laughs> some people just don't have gratitude. Anyway, that's my wife. She's very clean. Uh, and I just, I can't, I just can't, I can't way, get behind that. Thanks for listening that. upstairs. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I just can't uh, enjoy that sort of, um, I just don't, I don't know, I guess... I guess I had that thing where I was like, you know, it's really, it's what it is really is. It's like bitterness on my part. Cause I was that guy who wanted to be on a hill. I was too yelling. shy to, I was too shy to talk to girls. I didn't understand how to talk to them, okay. but you had that kind of thing. Like I'm a nice guy. Uh-huh. How come girls don't like me? And then you read a book like Weather Heights and you're like, am I supposed to be a jerk? Is that, is that how it works? Mm-hmm. I don't like this. I don't like that someone's admiring this behavior. And she's also an adult, not, not a college student. But a fully grown, mature adult going, oh, oh, Heathcliff in this movie, oh, he's so great. Oh, Laurence Olivier. Mm. And you watch the movie and you're just like, I don't. Sounds a lot like Twilight to me. Same thing again, right? Mm. It's a jerk. We're supposed to admire a jerk? Yeah. I mean, it's more jerky in Twilight because not only is he a jerk, he's like a predator. He's also a vampire. Yeah. And a predator. There's very few vampires in Wuthering Heights that we know of. So basically, these three There's very la- few, very few vampire catfish that you know mm-hmm. uh, that has uh, been listed so far. You're all <laughs> shooting them down. Like I'm sorry, ducks. I'm sorry. You're gonna get my Harsh. opinions. I am an opinionated like person. This. this is the last one we're gonna do. We're I'm, just burning bridges. I'm the guy. I'm the guy who yeah. gets booed off the stage of the call. I'm the guy who's going. I haven't seen any of these three movies, and I feel terrible because I feel like I've seen a lot of movies. All right, I know, I'm I gonna, feel like that too. You know I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have seen the next movie. Here we go. Here we go. This is gonna you. Be you will have seen this movie. I will? You will have seen this movie. You will like this movie. Okay. I also like this movie. I am on Ken's page on this one. Okay. Uh, then Ken and I. Can't be the Ten Commandments because you I, haven't seen that. No, I have not seen the Ten Commandments. This is a little movie. little movie called a little, little, little Women. Film. Little Women. I have not seen Little Women. A little film called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's called uh, Superman the Movie. Superman the Movie. 
Superman the movie, yes, I do like Superman the movie. I would like to edit that movie, but yes, Superman. <laughs> okay, mo- if you could edit that movie, what would you be taking? I would movie? get rid of the poem. I don't. Li- I don't mind the poem. I do. That's corny, but what the heck? I would. Uh, I would edit. I would edit the poem. Uh, I don't like the girl getting slapped by her mom uh, after she brings in the cat. Uh, Hilarious. No. No, I know it's not. I was... uh, basically, you had two scenes where like pe- uh, kids tell their parents something and, and then yeah, are called yeah. liars. Yeah, it's... And it's just but, this you yeah. know thing of the time. Yeah, so it it's like... that how, that's what it was like at the time, though. If yeah. you told something to your mom and dad that would seem like a lie, they would actually tell you you're a liar. Yeah. Different times. Right, and smack you. Like, really clobber you. Bill Burr misses those times. He, he does. He blames the Me Too movement. On those things. I also, uh, I don't think it's for great, those things. I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world uh, where a guy, it looks like Gary Kroger, it's not from Saturday Night Live, okay. uh, goes into the Arctic, throws the, uh, throws the, throws the little ice, icicle, and uh, then the Fortress of Solitude builds. And then we cut to many years later where he's just spent all his time in the Arctic and has aged into Christopher Reeve and now like goes out to, you know, just mm. basically flies out and now he's Superman. Like that's that's a bit of a that's jump. kind of weird. Yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit weird. Mm. What's that about? Did he not have a life? Did people yeah. miss him? Yeah. What's this about? Uh, well, okay. I mean, if we're gonna complain about Superman movies, it's, if I can, if I can say one complaint about Superman movies, there's never been a, a perfect one. There's never been a perfect one. That's true. Uh, what? But I, there has been a perfect Superman, which was Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve was a great Superman because he's a also great a great Clark, Clark Kent. Kent. That's yeah. what's really great about him is that he plays both roles so well. Right. And that's what's sort of sad about the Superman movies is that there's elements of them that maybe are of the time. Like, I don't remember, like, objecting to this, like, kids getting slapped at the time because... I because was slapped at the I was getting slapped. Like, I had been no, slapped. You were, you, yeah, but you... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So you're not, like, watching going, this is so unbelievable. No one would ever get slapped. Or even thinking, oh, how terrible. Someone got slapped. You're just like, huh? That's what it, happens. It's just so weird that, like, this is this is one of the scenes you always see of, like, the sweetness of just, like, Superman yeah. rescuing the kitten, mm-hmm. giving it to the girl. Yeah. She's so happy. Yeah. She goes inside. She tells her mom, you know, a man just flew and rescued my my cat. It's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> Gets a smack <laughs> to the mush by her mom. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah. I don't like it. It's this, it's this like... It's this thing where the director, of course, because it's back then, and yeah. they don't trust to do a superhero movie. Yeah, and so they've got that's un- the that's the that's part the of it. That's so they got to undercut yeah. it. They mm-hmm. got to they got to you know goose it. You yeah, know, hell, rather than celebrate it. And that's what I was gonna say. So Go what ahead. what I feel like all the Superman movies, what I feel like they miss is an element showing how great his life was with his family on the farm. Yep. And why he is so attached to the world because these people brought him in and were kind to him and loving to him and made a world yep. for him. And you never get that in those movies. You never get a sense of him working on the farm, yep. doing the haying really fast or whatever, you know, like helping out and that, you know, that and being or having friends at school who are special to him. And just a sense of why is, why is he so attached to this world? You know, like, you never get that sense from any of those films, and it's unfortunate, I think. I mean, this is just a big, easy thing to do. It's just like, what did he learn on the farm Mm -hmm. that helps him as Superman and or helps him as Clark Kent? Because the whole gag with Lois, at least later on, is you're just a farm boy. Yeah. You know, what do you know about the big city? Well, this is where you have the old country ways. You know, he's, yeah, figured, yeah. he's figured stuff out. Sure, sure. And so, and so here you go. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's able to do it. But yeah, you show him. Or not even, yeah, this that, just that his 
I mean, it does kind of come out because, I mean, the idea, of course, is that she's this kind of hard-bitten, uh, you know, reporter right. who's, you know, our hard-boiled reporter who, you know, is kind of callous and, and doesn't have a, you know, doesn't care that much about people. And he deeply cares about people because of his upbringing. And that's what, you know, and, and his upbringing isn't Kryptonian. His upbringing is with the Kents. That's yeah. the, those are the people who are important. The fact that they paid Marlon Brando $11 million to stand and talk for five minutes in the movie is so stupid because he is so unimportant to the film. Yeah. And that whole Krypton part of it is garbage as well. Like, who cares about all well, that stuff? Well, it shows you that it's, it's, it's boring there. What a, boring, <laughs> yeah. what a boring, sterile world. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets sent to the most manure-covered dirt <laughs> world. Earthy, loving Like, to me, I think your yeah. angle... Here's a couple of angles I'd go with with okay. Superman. Yeah. Um, one is that I think the sterile environment yeah. would not want to send him to a farm. They would want to send him to, you know, it would probably be to the Arctic. And it's like, mm. listen, what we're going to do is we're going to send him to the Arctic. Yeah. Once he lands, uh, the fortress is going to build. Yeah. And then we will nurture oh, him I there like that. Yeah, in yeah. this isolation. Yeah. And he will become a you Kryptonian. Know, Kryptonian. Yeah. Whoops, something went wrong. I landed <laughs> on the farm. Yeah, yeah. Now these hicks are raising him. Yeah. And now, but they teach him like what it's like to be uh, a person. Like, listen, good days work. We're going to grow things. You can't yeah. grow them too fast. Yeah. Let things take their time. Or even more help. important, things dying. Things dying. Like losing help. a losing a beloved pet or losing a, an animal. A, a, some livestock or whatever. You know? That's and right. Just being like, this is part of life as well. That's right. And you try your best. And like mm-hmm. someone else does something and you try to save them and help yeah. them. And, you know, we work together in the farm. Yeah. And it's like he learns how to be a person. Sure. And then, then discovers this. And now we've put those two elements together and now you're super man yeah this is this is the opposite of what it was supposed to be but yeah. i think the other angle that you want to take is lois lane is your point of entry which is she is the cynical person living her life yeah. the way we're living yeah exactly. and like she doesn't believe a man can fly she no. doesn't believe any of the shit no. when she hears the guy's flying well this is a scam yeah and then but then little by little we learn a little bit more and we meet clark probably first yeah and like who's this guy and we know who clark is because yeah. we know but like we get to know clark we get to see things we get to see the world unfold yeah and then you know when she finally learns learns everything yeah we're fully on board with who it mm-hmm. is she's your point of fucking entry yeah, yeah. you know and, and when you when you show it from like clark's point of view who cares <laughs> it's just so all over the place but yeah i think yeah. that's definitely the way to play the the superman story yeah but that film i mean also i would say margot kidder is a great lois lane as well mm-hmm. like i really love her lois lane the way she plays the role um yeah i just feel like she has brings some personality to it, a role that you know it's not super great like she has to do a poem. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Yeah. But I, I don't mind the poem. I, I don't mind, I don't mind a little bit of corn in a movie like that. Well, that to me is like, she's the, she's the cynic. Yeah. Uh, who gets won over by, mm-hmm. by the fantasy character. Yeah. You know, she's like, eh, how many peas and rapists? Yeah that's, yeah. that's her life. Yeah. And then she meets this guy who can fly, but she, and she like seems to, she goes from meets this guy who can fly and then like immediately she's doing a poem. Yeah. And I'm like, well, wait. Should be right away. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it could be because, I don't know, maybe she writes poetry. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is what she does on the side, but she never wants to show it to anybody because she's got to be the hardest nails, yeah. tough reporter to be taken seriously in this male-dominated world. That's a possibility. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't quite know. The la- the Last Man of Steel movie, for all we complain about everything, I think they really missed something when they had Russell Crowe as Jor El, and then you had Kevin Costner as uh, as Jonathan Kent. Yeah, and it's like, can you in any way have a scene between the two of them? Mm. Because they both love this kid. Yeah. They both have a destiny for this kid. They both have opposite destinies for this kid. Yeah. I want to see something between these two good actors going going at it. Your yeah. two dads 
are in completely different, but they they never really do anything with that. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got Space Dad and Farmer Dad. Yeah, but it feels like in Man of Steel, Farmer Dad is giving him all the wrong advice. Well, so's uh, the other dad. The other uh, dad like put a damn thing in him that like almost destroyed our world. You idiot, <laughs> right? And then sent all the I, bad guys here, and now I... and now Metropolis is destroyed. I mean, both uh, of them are idiots. Yeah, They're... I hardly remember this. Oh, I know, of course you do. <laughs> He's just a big dum dum. Um, I'll just say, you know, when I watched, uh, I I saw Superman. It's weird. I actually went to SFU, which used to have a very small movie theater at the at the campus. Right. The summer, it was a university, a local university. Right. That you see uh, in every uh, TV show. It's uh, it's always an evil lab. If you're gonna have like a, a kind of a modern, streamlined. Speaking you know, of which, it's been in Supergirl many times as okay. an evil lab. Yeah, yes. there you go. And so coincidentally, we where went, you saw Superman is yeah. now where Supergirl shoots. So we went there and watched the movie. At, you know, and I enjoyed it. You know, I pretty much enjoyed it all the way through. There's, you know, I had a few problems with this and that. Gene Hackman's uh, good. I liked him in it. Yeah, I liked him a lot. And I thought him and, you Ned, know, Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty was good. Maybe the music was kind of silly to have the trombone playing whenever he Boop, took a step. And then they murder a guy. They're like, hmm, this is a little dark. <laughs> this is For a trombone. They slit his throat. <laughs> that slide was the place. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you. Boop. Wouldn't it be scarier every time the Joker was about to kill someone? Circus music started to play. <laughs> well, that would be suitable because that kind of suits his yeah, character. Yeah, that'd be really creepy. It would be good. Okay, we're gonna go a little bit of sideline. <laughs> It'd be good if the Joker, his craziness was like based around like something like circusy kind of thing so when he's going to kill someone you get like calliope music playing mm-hmm. but all kinds of lights going like in his mind so it's like this flashing and stuff like that and then he's murdering or he's doing something evil that would be really kind of scary by and the weird. way mm-hmm. as well you've got sorry but you want now, it all you don't just want it like now, do, 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 yeah. you want it like uh, now off key and weird so tangenty here it's just like what us okay so you've got batman's worst enemy batman's is, worst enemy is a joker is a is a clown okay he's a clown that's what he is. Sure. He's a clown. Yeah. Batman's best friend is Robin. Robin is Batman's best friend. He's his partner. Yeah. He works with him. Robin uh, grew up in a circus. Uh. And his parents were killed in a circus. Yeah. Robin Why never reacts to, to the, the <laughs> fact that this is a clown. Yeah. The, he grew up with clowns, and yeah. clowns were his friends. Yeah. And now a guy is dressed as a clown, uh, killing people. He's kind of dressed like a clown. I don't think he's totally clown-like. He's got a clown uh, mouth. He's got white face. He's got, like, crazy the hair. green hair. But he doesn't wear, like, clown clothes. He doesn't wear, like, a big... Well, he wears a purple... Out- you know what? If you saw the Joker... He's pretty natally dressed. If you saw the Joker walk into a circus with yeah. other clowns, you wouldn't go, hey, what's with that guy's deal? You'd go, uh, like, that guy looks like a clown, because he's dressed in a purple suit. Yeah. He's crazy. He's not wearing big shoes. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird that like Robin never yeah. reacts to like this guy who's like, you know what? Robin's circus folk. Yeah. And is and the enemy's a clown. Does that ever get mentioned? Yeah. Because it seems like that would be something to be mentioned. No, never. You know, but maybe I mean, maybe the dressed... Joker was a clown in Robin's circus. Maybe there's something. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. I can see like a tie in that way, but I I just you know, he's pur- he wears purple because they had four colors in the comics. And purple is the color of villains. Purple is purple the color of villains? Green, Always? And, green and purple are uh, villain okay. colors. Yes, oh. that's correct. That's why it's odd that the Hulk has is green and purple. Mm. He's actually got villain colors, but traditionally uh well, he is a villain. Yeah, he 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 can be a villain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, traditionally if you look especially like in Marvel, the colors of villains are almost always green and purple. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Interesting. Uh back to so what bothered me when I watched the film though is the end of the movie. I didn't like that he turns the world 
turns time back by flying around the world. Partly because it, it's impossible. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept a flying person. Okay. I'm willing to accept, you know, I'll give you a few gimmies, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to give you something that's so impossible. And, and doesn't, it doesn't make the movie better. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like something that you go, hooray, he's flying backwards around the world and making the world go backwards. And now he's turning back time. Right. And saving Lois. Like, it's, like, if you're going to save Lois, save Lois. Yeah. Don't just fly around the world yeah. and, and make time go back. Like, it's freaking impossible. It doesn't even work that way. Well, I mean, everything is impossible. You don't get heat out of an eyeball either. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But I'm willing to accept those kind of silly things. But the, the idea of, like, all physical reality not working, like okay. it being some... Here's here's the pro- here's a couple of problems with that. One is you got a big setup from Jor-El earlier, which is like... And yeah, remember, don't do that. Yeah. Remember, Cla- remember Jor- uh, Kal-El... Never remember Joel. That's right. Don't go. <laughs> Don't break up the band. <laughs> um, remember, remember, uh, Kal-El. Yeah. Uh, never use your powers to go back in time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, Dad just gave a big warning. Yeah. And then his son does it, and then there's no consequences. There's no consequences. Well, and there's yet. also it's like. Oh, and the world doesn't fall over. Like right. buildings don't topple, and it's a weird, it's a weird thing to bring up. Yeah. Like, by the way, don't do this. You've just told me time travel is possible, yeah. and yeah. and you know how to do it. Apparently, mm-hmm. like, yeah. don't do this. But don't do it. Okay, so obviously in the training, I showed you how to do this because yeah. you know how to do it. Yeah. Like he doesn't even go. I wonder what I could do. Yeah. Wait, I know what to do. Yeah, like yeah. he just knows. Yeah. So he knows, but mm-hmm. he was told not to. Uh, so, so, so your question then becomes like, well, why didn't like with Krypton? Yeah. Like, is there anything you can do with like time travel and Krypton? Because time travel, this solves all our problems. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so out of nowhere. Just yeah. Like, it's just, I just, I know. It's not a Superman way to solve a problem. Yeah. And it just left, yeah, it just left a bad And as we brought mind. up many times, mm-hmm. you now have two Superman. Sure. Because the other Superman is still flying towards Lois, even though you've done this. <laughs> They did not merge into one Superman. Yeah. So now, uh, a couple of seconds later, a second Superman is about to land and just go, hey, what's up? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, which would be a good uh, plot for Superman 2. And then that guy gets all fucked up, you know, and goes all bizarro or something because now he's like a, a Superman out of time. You know, mm. you've got an evil duplicate and then you don't have to have the uh, three villains from Krypton. You've just got your own fuck up yeah. that you've now got to take care of. <laughs> that would have been okay. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I like the, the th- I like the three, but I have to say actually that it's interesting that Ken has chosen the less likely super, Superman movie that people would choose. I think if most people ask to choose like their favorite Superman movie. Most people would go with Superman two over Superman. Though I say movie. if you watch both, eh, it's tough. It's a tough one. I do like Superman two though. Superman's a bully in it, and it's weird. Once again, there's things you'd like to edit out of it. Yeah, Superman getting his revenge on a guy in a in a in a restaurant is not very Superman-y, but it is very na- late 1970s. For sure, it was very off the time. Yeah, it's it's amazing how well Christopher Reeve holds holds up. I think he's. I still think he's the best of all the Supermen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I do. But if I ask Eve, Henry Cavill is still better looking. Yeah, loading up the arms. (laughs) (laughs) I do like. I do like the guy actually on Supergirl who plays Superman. I think it's he's uh, got a good casual former Teen Wolf. Is he former Teen Wolfy guy? Uh, Yeah, I think it was Derek on Teen. He'll be back on the show this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Superman. Yeah, for their Elseworlds uh, thing, and they're bringing back um, uh, the guy who was uh, Flash on the old uh, Flash TV show, and he's going to be playing Flash. He was on Flash like as his dad. Oh, I see. But they're actually going to that Flash world now. Oh, and uh, it's now. I don't. I don't know any of those. Did shows. you ever see that show back in the day? The no. uh, the old Flash TV show. No. Yeah. Or maybe a, I, maybe I did. I don't remember. Okay. It's from a long a long time ago. Nineteen ninety. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it. I had things on the go then. Oh, very good. I had a life. It was the go go nineties. Number six. Okay. Number six. After Superman the movie, mm-hmm. we both give some thumbs up to Superman the movie. Yes. 
Uh, With some notes. Oh, man. I've not seen this movie either. This movie's called yeah. Evil Roy Slade. Do you know this movie? Oh, God damn it. Uh, John Astin? I have seen it, but I've forgotten most of it. Mm. I like a John Astin very much. Uh, I'm sorry. I've blanked on most of it. I apologize. Well, I looked it up earlier Yeah, because I was curious because I, I, I didn't yeah, know what it was. Yeah, it was referred to in something else. Someone else referred to it in another movie and said it was good. So I remember watching it, but I can't remember much of it. Okay. Well, apparently it's about a uh, a inept gunfighter, played by John Aston. Yeah, I just have to find it again here. I guess it says a school marm. Uh huh. As, as they do, as they call them in those days, spells romance for an inept outlaw, John Aston, sought by a singing marshal, played by Dick Sean. But what I thought was interesting mm-hmm. was that the music for this movie is partly written uh, by uh, Stuart Margolin, who played Angel oh. on The Rocket Files. Really, I because, didn't know he was a musician. Because the other name is Jerry. Rio Pele, how you say his name? Ripele? Anyway, he, uh, I know his name as well because he and Stuart Margolin were in a band I uh, like a lot called The Parade, who were a 60s kind of sunshine pop band. And, and so, yeah, I was, I was like, oh, they did the music for this movie. So what that tells me is I'm going to see this movie. I don't know how I'm going to see it, but I'm going to see it because I want to, yeah. I'm now I'm really interested in it. No, I like no, John I, Astin. I remember it was, it was all right. Yeah. A, I like John Aston. B, I like Stuart Margolin and his music. So I'm, I'm, and I like Dick Sean. I like him. So, so I'm curious. I want to see it. Now I'm just curious if John Aston is still alive. And mm. yes. My, uh, my friend, uh, was in the uh, remake of the Adams Family, uh, TV series and he came in and did a, uh, Appearance as the grandfather on there, as okay. uh, Grandpa Grandpa Adams. I guess it was and he a was totally uh, good and did the whole thing. And he's one of the two best Riddlers in Batman. <laughs> it was apparently a made for television uh, spoof western. So oh, it was for television. Yeah. Gosh darn it! I'm trying to think who who uh, talked about it in another movie. Anyway, that's what got me into it. Okay, number five. Number five is a really good film. Uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Very good film. Yeah. With John Wayne and and Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And a good theme song. Yes, written by... Uh, I be- Not Stuart Margolin, I'll tell you that much. I thought it was written by Burt Bacharach, but maybe I'm maybe. being wrong. Maybe. I might be being wrong, but I, I really like that film. I, th- I think it's a, f- a f- really fun sort of uh, end of the Western Western. Mm-hmm. End of the West sure. Western, you know, which I think that period... And what's interesting about that movie, too, is that it's really studio-bound. So. Oh, so. It's just a real set-bound movie. Oh, okay. It's, it sits on a, it's in a set, which is strange because John Ford is so well-known for filming in Monument Valley and doing all his, like, Ford Apache and uh, My Darling Clementine and She Wore a Yellow Ribbon uh, movies. Like, all those classic westerns, The Searchers and stuff like that are all filmed in this one area of, the, of Monument, this Monument Valley, which was like a national park with those beautiful uh, buttes and stuff in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And... And so then he does this, and those are all color films as well. A lot of those films are color. And so this film is black and white on a set. It's very strange. It feels like, but I guess he didn't feel like going on, <laughs> doing a lot of stuff on location. So Was he older by this point? I don't think he's that old. I think it was a 50s one. He was okay. still directing into the 60s. This was in the 50s? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think so. Okay. Uh, maybe late, maybe early 60s. Uh, maybe, maybe it's early 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe early 60s. But yes, a film where, you know, Jimmy Stewart uh, plays this character who essentially is there to replace the character that that John Wayne is. Right. And John Wayne's character recognizes the necessity for pe- for people like 62, him. Sixty two. Yeah. Sixty two. Okay. For people like him to to move on. Mm. You know, to that they're no longer they're no longer needed in the West. They're no longer right. they're part of the problem of the right. West. Right. And of a different era. And yeah. so he 
he he he acts in a way that sacrifices not you know doesn't die or anything, but he does something that basically puts Jimmy Stewart above him in this this and you know and sets Jimmy Stewart on this path that will basically extinguish the what the West was for 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 someone like John Wayne's mm-hmm. character. And it's a really good movie though, really good. And it's, yeah, definitely and, see it. Aaron. And it's a film. Yep. Where John Wayne says Pilgrim. Is it the only one where he That's says Pilgrim? That's the only Pilgrim? one where he says Pilgrim. Yeah. Ah, yeah. very nice. There you go. There good, you are, Impressionist. Good, good movie. Number four. Number four. Number four is Nicholas and Alexandria. I have not seen it. Sorry. Which I'm going to pretend that it's this movie, which is an Ingmar Bergman film, was which was a film for us, a very long film, because it was very long because it was a television sh- series in, in Sweden that was edited into a movie for oh, us. okay. And once again, yeah. I love it because it has the transcendent in it in the form of a ghost, which I, in movies, I like ghosts in movies. I don't believe in ghosts, but I always like a ghost in a movie. Okay. If they are like a psychological ghost, if you know what I mean, like a part of the character's psychology, right? Like, so in the movie, oh man, it's so long. I saw this movie. I'll tell you when I, how long ago that I saw this movie. <laughs> I rented it on VHS. Sure. And rented a VHS player to watch it. Okay. That's a while ago, right? Okay. That's a while ago. I thought you were going to bring up a laser disc. No, no. Uh, I, I I saw it on VHS tape because you know you just yeah that's how you saw movies in those days. Of course. And it's basically like a long, long movie about two children growing up in a kind of big house in Sweden, and they're kind of up upper class, upper you know upper class like rich a rich family, and basically their lives told in some detail. But it's dramatic enough. It's you know it's it's Bergman and it has some interest and it has drama that you can enjoy this very very slice of of the past because it takes place in it's not like a contemporary film to to the seventies or to to the sixties which you know it's kind of goes back in, in it and I kind of feel like maybe Bergman was mining his own past looking at his own past okay sure and the ghost in the film as I remember it being a ghost I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But there's like a, a he, his mother remarries and she remarries this strict uh, priest. Um, you know, I don't know if he's Lutheran or what, what exactly is his, his, what you know, Christ, maybe Christian reforms. One of those kind of very strict. Mm-hmm. Let's have no fun at all religions that were so popular at one time. Who knows why? People said, "Hey, well, you know what? We're having too much fun. Let's bring something into our lives that wrecks it all." And yeah, and so he plays this very strict, uh, brutal, you know, sadistic. Uh, father to these children and then yeah and then some, somehow i just remember being a ghost as well and i don't know why i remember that way it's like i said it's been, been a long time since i saw that film i really like bergman a lot like okay. he's a director that you feel like oh only snobs could like his movies but no they're actually super approachable and really easy to get into and enjoy uh some of them are complicated like i'm not talking about like persona or or the the wolf one whatever it's called like those ones are yeah those ones are kind of difficult because they're so psychological and they're more about the inner inner workings of the or inner lives of the characters rather than the outside lives of the characters mm-hmm. but hour of the wolf or whatever remember that great sctv parody yes when Very it's much called so. it's called like hour of the wolf or whatever yeah. and then they think it's like so they think it's a horror movie <laughs> and you just yeah, get, Count the re- Floyd is you get the reaction of Count Floyd's nonplussed reaction to this. <laughs> what is going on? He doesn't understand. He's just confused by it, and it's great. 
and you get the the reenactment of it with uh, Andrew Martin and yes. Catherine O'Hara. So good, such yep. a great. I'm sure it's uh, available online if you if you want to. Look I gotta it up. watch some old uh, CTV. Yes, it certainly brings it to mind. But it's a very good film, and I. But I feel like that way about a lot of Bergman films, like Wild Strawberries and The Virgin Spring. I've got to see more for sure. And The Seventh Seal. When we do our podcast, basically Bergman. We'll, yes, uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get into it. We'll get into it because yes, it's worth exploring that world. Okay. And you know what? If I'm wrong and it's a different Nicholas and Alexandria, oops. You know what? Yeah. It'd be interesting if when you're saying like, you know, my favorite character was the ghost and then you find out there wasn't a ghost. Yeah, I know. There was only a ghost in the one you saw uh, and your VHS tape was haunted. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, a ghost that only you can see, much like in a uh, Gordon Lightfoot song. Is there a Gordon Lightfoot song? That- yeah. There's a ghost that you can't see. Oh. Yeah. If you could read my mind, love. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't know the lyrics to that song. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're Canadian. You should know the lyrics to every Gordon Lightfoot song. And you'll enjoy number three. Number three is A Hard Day's Night, starring the Beatles. Oh, lovely. Okay, well, we've talked about that on mm. previous episodes, but yes. uh, a near-perfect film of that let's uh, type. Say, uh, uh, let's not say near-perfect. Let's say absolutely perfect film. Okay. I think that's well, a shot, very... Well, shot, very funny at the yeah. best time to possibly be representing this. What an experience it would be for an audience member who loved the Beatles to see this in the theater. Oh, my gosh. Lose their minds. Yeah. Uh, much better than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, all of them, uh, at their, at their, I want to say at their peak, cause you know, at their peak musically, you can define where their peak musically yeah. is, but like at their acting peak, I would say they were their sharpest as, as representations of yeah. the characters that they were kind of putting together. And not just, not just, uh, it's interesting. I watched a movie the other day. I think it's called Catch Me If You Can. Yes. And it started the Dave Clark Five. And Dave Clark. Oh, okay. Not the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, uh no, film. not okay. that. This is Catch Me If You Can. Um, Dave was doing a guitar motion. There. Yeah, I was doing guitar motion because I was being like. If a, you're asking, like, does it sound like he's scratching himself? No, he's doing the guitar <laughs> motion, which myself. actually uh, puts his hand against. But his here, shirt. here's the thing about that film is that it's kind of a dark movie. It stars Dave Clark Five. It's called Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. It feels like it would be a kind of a wacky caper film because the Dave Clark Five. And it does have that element. And what's I didn't realize this about Dave Clark, but Dave Clark before he became a drummer in a in a rock combo. Worked as a stuntman in movies. Mm. So he has a bit of acting chops, which he brings to the film. Like he understands like, like how the camera works and things like that. And he's able to be in, in the movie. He and the other members of the band are stunt, stunt guy, like stuntmen. They work in the in, in entertainment industry as stuntmen. But this girl, uh, who is sort of the face of this company, she wants to, you know, kind of escape this life. And so, and so he agrees to help her with this. And so they take off. And so everyone started chasing her. And so, and they kind of go through this, they kind of go on this trip that takes them through various little moments of, of sixties culture of life at that time. They meet a kind of a, a, a couple that are kind of sort of hip, but are also bourgeois. They're kind of fighting each other. Okay. Um, the, the wife is played by the actress who went on to, uh, act as the, the female part of the kind of ropers. I don't know if they're called the ropers in the British version of, of, yeah. of, uh, Three's a Crowd. So yeah, so, so she, she plays, so she's the wife in this scene. And then, they, well, they there also. There was a spinoff of them called the, the ropers. It was also okay, the ropers yeah. in England. And so. Man about the house, yeah. Oh, was it Man about the house? Is that what it's called? In England. Yeah, okay. It's Man, Man about the house, house yeah. yeah. And so, and they also run into these like, like kind of early hippies who are just hanging around in a house. And are just playing their music and they're very, they're very, uh, they're, they're very hostile to, to the, this woman and, and this, mm. the, the Dave Clark's character. 
and and that's kind of interesting because you get to see these sort of like early hippies, hmm. and then they uh, they go to this. Uh, a costume ball okay. at, in Bath and they're actually in the baths and there's a scene where people are jumping into the baths and I'm like are they actually jumping into the baths in Bath? Are you allowed to do that? I don't remember being, anyone being able to do that when I visited Bath but okay and then they this is a, and then they go they visit a fr- uh, this former by the way I think it's called, mm, it was Catch Us If You Can oh sorry Catch Us If You Can sorry that's right and and they, they and it's directed by John Borman who, mm. who directed uh, Point Blank and uh, and Deliverance and the ex- execrable Excalibur and uh, Hope and Glory, which is a great movie. So anyway, so yeah, it's this, but what I was trying to say is it's interesting how serious this film is. It's not like a goofy caper movie. And the Beatles kind of have that too in The Hard Day's Night. It has funny elements in it, but in other ways, it's a very serious film about, you know, this com, this rock combo who, who no one takes seriously, who are, you know, you know, trying to, just trying to play their music. Against all this kind of hostility, you know, and you get these various different elements of English entertainment industry or English culture who are antipathetic to them. And it was sort of, it was very, very, I just find that curious. It's kind of like the movie, have you ever seen the movie Alice's Restaurant? It actually stars Arlo Guthrie. I think I have a long time ago, a and long time ago. It's strangely downbeat. It's, it's, you know, based on this comedy song. Yeah. But when you see the movie, it's all about like. But it's kind of a downer song, really. I mean, Alice's Restaurant, the song. Is it? I think so. Yeah, uh, I feel bad for. Well, maybe the way it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I always get bums me out a bit. Oh, interesting. Because yeah, I mean, the film is very down. Like it's basically like it's the end of the '60s. Everything's going to hell. All the hippie dreams are all going out the window because because reality is hitting us hard in the face, and this is what reality is: is that we're actually humans. And we're gonna fuck up, and we're not gonna have a perfect Eden. No matter yeah. how long you grow your hair, or what you, what kind of drugs you take, or what war you don't like, it's still people who are doing this, and they're gonna fuck up, and that's yeah. just a reality. And it's a really interesting. I keep saying interesting. That's my favorite word. People, I love the word interesting. <laughs> I find it very interesting. I just, I just found it fascinating to see that movie. I kind of expected like kind of a goofy comedy movie, and instead you get this very serious. It has comedy elements. There's a scene where he has to get out of going to Vietnam, and you get the whole. How do you get out of Vietnam? You, you know, you take a bunch of drugs, you stay up all night long, you pretend you're gay, you just do all these things to try and get out of doing this. And that, and that's fun. But there's, a, you know, there's a part where there's this guy who they took, take over an old church. And that's the first time I ever saw, ever learned that you have to deconsecrate a church mm. when you sell it so that other people can use it. It can't be, it still can't be consecrated. So you have to deconsecrate it, which I didn't know. And they take over this church and he's going to have this beautiful world, this beautiful commune there and it's going to be great and everyone's going to be great and stuff like that. And no, he's an asshole and a bully. And, you know, he's, he's using it as a, as a power trip. And that's just the reality of, you know, what part of, right. you know, we're humans. And so we're going to power trip. We're going to be, we're going to do things wrong. We're going to, you know, take off on our friends. We're going to, you know, we're going to do whatever, you know, it's just, it's, in, it's interesting. Man, I wish I could erase <laughs> that word. I'm going to go to the company from, uh, Sun, uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah and i'm gonna get them to remove the word interesting from my mind wow that's all just that one word yeah and i think my life after that would be way more interesting fuck number two <sighs> hard day's night perfect movie okay because you're right thanks it's a movie that shouldn't have been good no nope. but it was it didn't have to be that it's good, an exploitation sure. movie it was a, a cash-in yeah. on a band that was popular and let's throw a bit a little bit of money at this movie and what did we get a piece of art Wow. Much like the Beatles, they were a lot better than uh, they had to be. Yeah, they put the work in, and they had people around them that were inspired to work yep. at work as well. I think. Number two, talk about kitschy. This movie 
is kitschy with the kitschy sink thrown into it. Is it the Maltese Bippy? It is not the Maltese Bippy. It is uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Okay. The Russ Meyer, the commercial Russ Meyer film. Written by, do you know who wrote it? Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert, that's right. Who? Well known. (laughs) He liked boobs. He He enjoyed boobs. He did. He liked working. They had that in common. He liked working with Russ Meyer. He did a lot of ghostwriting on Russ Meyer films. Yeah. Uh, they two, had disagreements. There's two things you liked working about uh, with Russ Meyer. Two things? Yeah. Getting paid? Boobs. And getting boobs. Oh, just the, just the boobs. That's yeah. all. Yeah, sure, you're right. <laughs> it's not, to me, it's not the best Russ Meyer movie. The best Russ Meyer movie is uh, Up? Sup, uh, Super Vixens. Oh, okay. I don't really like Up that much. Me either. But Super Vixens is a, I mean, Super Vixens is brutal. It has a really horrible murder scene in it that's really brutal and awful. But it the movie kind of turns it around. It's a mirror movie. It's a movie. It has an actress playing the same two different role, like two different roles in the movie as Super Vixen. Uh, super Vixen. Mm-hmm. I think she's Super Angel at first when she's when she's sort of an evil character. Then she's Super Vixen and she's a good character. Okay. But it's I really like that movie. But Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is quite good until the end of the movie. No, is it a sequel? It's it's well, it's I think it's a sequel in the sense that it's not a sequel. It's more of a it's more of a uh, no, it's not a sequel at all. Okay. It has a. The, it has a band, a band of, of uh, like a all all female band mm-hmm. called the Carrie Nations, which is a great name. Carrie Nation, of course, was yeah. famous uh, prohibitionist, uh, and that's really fun. There's this character named Z-Man in the movie. In the Canadian version, he's Z-Man. Oh, is that right? Yeah, if for you real? Watch, if you watch it, no. If you watch, oh, okay. <laughs> the Canadian translation, he's okay. Z-Man. I was like, boy, that's a lot of work <laughs> to fix that for Canada. Uh, and he's kind of this fun hipster character. And I'm going to spoil it for people. I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil a movie that is this old. It's old, you know, older than, it's as old, it's almost as old as me. Uh, at the end of the, near the end of the movie, he kills a bunch of characters in the film. Like he just goes crazy and like he shoots a, a female character in the face, which is so weird to me that Roger Ebert took umbrage at, at the violence done to, uh, the actress, um, in Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Isabella uh, Rossellini. Yeah. Takes umbrage at her, the treatment of her character in that movie, but he's okay with a person getting shot in the face in a movie that he wrote. Mm. You know, I guess because that movie was deep, man, and this, this is a scene about what exploitation does to people. And maybe that's what it's about. I, maybe I, I just missed it when I saw it when I was younger. But I, when I was someone I was younger, I was enjoying this goofy film about these these girls that were in this band together, and then they end up in a situation where you know commercial stuff is pulling them apart, and you can see their friendships kind of fraying and and everything, and and then. And it's it's a very interesting movie, and it can go two ways. You could have it like, like a downbeat ending, or you could have them come back together again and and come back together as a band and and try to make it work. Or you could take the third way and get have them shot in the face. <laughs> and it just it's kind of sours me on the movie. Like I was really right. enjoying it, which we call the the bad news bears ending. <laughs> That's right. We all remember bad news bears when the character says the other way, and you can take this, take that trophy and shove it, you know, put it where the sun doesn't shine. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> shot in the face. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's just, yeah, it kind of leaves a sour taste. Okay. There's lots of fun in it. It's, you know, it's a Russ Meyer film. There's lots of boobs in it, by the way. If you like boobs, you're going to like this movie. But if you want a movie that ends in, in a way that feels not earned, has mm-hmm. an unearned ending, which is my biggest complaint about films that have like a, a, a turn, a, you know, a turn to, to the to the bad is is it is it earned like am i just am i just uh sorry i'm off i make a little bit because i'm petting a cat but uh yeah is you know like 
There's lots of movies that have like a, a sour, like a, a like a, a negative end, like a bad ending. Or yeah, but are you doing it? Uh, are you doing it in a cheap way? And if yeah, you're doing it in a cheap and if way, it yeah. feels unearned to me, then I just I don't enjoy it. Like I don't enjoy. Well, I think you got to earn your ending regardless. Mm-hmm. You got to earn a happy ending. You got to earn a sad ending. There you go. You got to earn a bizarre yeah. ending. Yeah. You gotta. You can't just random me. That's right. Like if if Requiem for a Dream this suddenly ended with like a character going, "I won the lottery." Right. Rodney Dangerfield saying, uh, "Hey, we're all going to get laid." Uh, that's earned. And then you can uh, all dance and everyone has a good time. And that's the end of Caddyshack. Is it? Yes. I'm not a huge fan of Caddyshack. But... Hmm, well, there you go. <laughs> There's a lot in Caddyshack to not like and a lot in Caddyshack to like. I prefer Back to School. Okay. Of the Roddy Dangerfield oeuvre. Oeuvre. I can speak French. Are you, are you interested in number one? Nah. So thanks anyway, anyway for uh, for okay go ahead let's week, let's guys. do it since it's the well, last it's one pretty late I think we might as well knock it on I can see by the clock on the wall that it's time to wish you one and all so long farewell alright number one is uh, inherit the wind mm, okay which I like that movie a lot I sure agree with him I think it's directed by Stanley Kramer I think you're right who uh, f- I always like Sunday Kramer because he owned a TV station near where we live here in uh, Vancouver. He owned a station down, down in Washington KBOS? State. KBOS? Uh, KCPQ. Oh. Channel 28 on your UHF, I guess it would be. Uh, he had to go up. I never knew this channel existed um, when I was a kid until my grandma gave me an old, con- an old, uh, converter that, like a cable converter that she had that you could click up through the channels, uh, and, you could, you know, get past channel 13 on mm-hmm. your dial. That's right. Which is what we had when I was a kid. You clunked your dial around and your dad would say, turn to channel six. And you go clunk, 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 clunk to channel six. And he'd say, good. And then he could be like, turn to channel such and such. And you go clunk, 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 clunk. Because in those days we didn't have remote controls. You had children. <laughs> you would order that to change is, the channel for you. <laughs> so yeah, Spencer Tracy. That's right. Yeah, Spencer Tracy. And, uh, is really great as the, uh, has, um, I think he plays the, the uh, lawyer in it, right? Yep. And then uh, Henry, Gene, Gene uh, Kelly's in it. Gene Kelly is in yeah. it as the, as the journalist. York, Harry Morgan. Mm. Uh, uh, Claude Aiken. Aikens. Wow. Uh, yes, yeah. A lot of and, character uh, actors. It's, uh, it's uh, of course, about the Scopes Monkey Trial, which is the yeah. prelude to uh, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> After the monkeys win this, mm. uh, they, uh, they then go and take over the Earth. Huh. And uh, damn you, damn you all to hell. That's yeah. uh, basically a straight line from, well, from this to that. I think that's a funny joke, but the actual case well, in the movie. No, no, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But the actual case in the movie was. <laughs> like Gary. No, 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 that's, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you know what that is? The actual. It's, it's witty. <laughs> no, the actual case is quite interesting because mm-hmm. it's the reason why, to this day, monkeys own Scope, the mouthwash brand, because of this trial. And, right. you know, they sued. Uh, the company that Procter and Gamble, the company that said that right. stole the Scope brand from mon- the monkeys, and the monkeys were able to successfully sue to get it back. And I think I've actually stretched this joke farther than it deserved, much farther than it deserved. I would say I killed it. Yeah. But anyway, in fact, that that Scope joke <laughs> left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> Only after you you laughed at it first, and then you. I'm not gonna fling but then I I joke. so I was so pleased with it. I decided to walk down the street with it a ways. I think I saw this. I think I saw the play, which I believe is just a one-man play. Okay, which is like a hell of a play. Like uh-huh. you, you, it's great you, when the guy's on trial and he has to play both the the defendant and the uh, the lawyer sure. accusing him. No, it's just impressive. <laughs> like it's really oh, what's this about? But uh, no, it's a it is a very uh, good movie. It's well. a very good film. But what I was going to say about Stanley Kramer is he used, because he, you know he was a famous director, most uh, best known I think as a 
as a social activist director. Okay. He did, you know, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Sure. He did the movie about the Nuremberg trials. He did and Guess the Who's Wind, Coming to Nuremberg. He Guess Who's Coming to Nuremberg. <laughs> well, that's so much better than my scope joke. <laughs> anyway, the uh, what he, he used to host movie night. Like, so he would host, like, you know, the million dollar movie or whatever. He did a mad, bad, bad, bad world. Yeah, that's right. That's why it's not funny. Wow. Cause he took the same, he took the same outlook that did, uh, you know, trial at Nuremberg to, uh, <laughs> to, mad, to, mad, to mad, 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 mad world. And you get mad, mad, mad. Also, mad, Kane world. Mutiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, that, he, that was a producer. He produced that. Okay. Sorry. Okay. But please continue. Well. But yeah, so he used to Defiant introduce, ones, yeah. He, yeah. So he did a lot of great movies. And, and so he knew a lot of people in Hollywood and stuff like that. You know, he had a long career. And so, Every time he would introduce a movie, he'd be like, well, that reminds me of the time that I was talking with Spencer Tracy. And Spencer, Spencer said to me, and tell a little story. Aww. And it's kind of funny. He was an older, yeah. older gentleman by that point. And, uh, but he had a career. He deserved, he deserved the opportunity to sit in a chair and tell us <laughs> about his career, you know, but tell us about his career and tell us about movies that, and actors that he knew and the little stories that he had. It was really good. Uh, yeah, KCPQ. Remember those days? I think it's now yeah. the WB or whatever, you know, eventually got turned into okay. nothing that's good. But in its day, because that's where I was going to say. WB I don't think exists anymore. My, or my. Um, Fresh from the frog. My grandma, my grandma gave me the converter box. Of course, I took it home. Yeah. Then I was like, you know, okay, well, how does this work? Click or clunk, clunk, clicking on this little remote control that was very, you know, just had up and down. Up, 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 up. And I got to 13. And I was like, okay, well, it goes past it. Oh, it goes past it. And it was all like static, 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 static. Channel 21. Oh, channel 21 has something. Nothing interesting here. Static, 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 static. 28. Batman. The original, yeah, the original 60s Batman, which I'd never seen. I'd only heard about. And I'd seen a little bit of the movie. Oh. But I'd never seen it. So I just started watching it and I didn't like it. Okay. But I was really fascinated to find it. And then I had like Time Tunnel. Sure. And Land of the Giants. So it had like a lot of goofy, on me TV a lot now. of goofy garbage. Yeah. But, but when you're a teenager, <laughs> a great channel name, goofy garbage. <laughs> but when you're a kid, when you're like a, a teenager, I think I was just a little too old to, to dig Batman. I was too cool for school by that point. So yeah. I was just kind of like, this show is silly. But I, you know, I, I enjoyed the opportunity to watch those shows and kind of, and see sure. them. They're all produced by Irwin Allen. So none of them are good. Like Time Tunnel and, and Land of the Giants is, silly but it was just you know it's like oh this is kind of neat like i got more stuff i can watch and i can watch a movie with an old man reminiscing before the movie starts it's great so yeah it was kind of cool thanks grandma that's what i'm saying but the movie itself also well worth the watch and if you get to see the play go see the play because yeah. it's a hell of a it's a hell of a thing to see that's where woody allen got his bit from bananas where he was both the lawyer and the and the defendant he keeps running he keeps leaving the <laughs> the box and running out and and didn't you say and then having to run back in and, and answer yeah Good. That's pretty good. It's a good bit. It's a good movie. There you go. Bananas. And uh, no one spoil the uh, who wins the uh, monkey trial. Shh. Save it to yourself. Quiet. The monkeys. Shh. That's right. Mike Nesmer. Mike Nesmer. <laughs> he won it. He wins the rights to liquid paper, and that's what makes him rich. That's right. And he went, you get this wool hat as well. And he went, oh, thank you. And that changed everything. Yes. Dave. I have nothing to add to that. Okay, well, that was... A, I, was that just, I was trying to think of a monkey song that I could somehow apply to that. Last Train of Clarksville, uh, Randy uh, Skowskit. When I saw uh, her face. When, or now I'm a believer. I'm sorry, now I'm a believer. Randy Skowskit, yeah, that's a good song. Um, Zoran Zan. I mispronounced it when I uh, talked to uh, Mickey DeLance once, and I feel embarrassed about that to this day. M- the, mis- mispronounced what? Uh, Randy Skowskit. I said Skoos. Oh. Ah. And he said Skows? Yeah. Well, why do you feel and, bad? 
Why do I feel bad? Yeah. And I wish I'd gotten it right. No, it just it shows that you were a fan and you're not making it up, that you're a true fan. Okay. You know, because the song doesn't say that the name isn't in the song. Like the word isn't in the song. Fair enough. Okay, so you I have no think, way of knowing. All right, very good. I won't be embarrassed. Then. Yeah, don't be embarrassed. Um, so that I'm sure he was charmed us. by that because that was a, he. He wrote that song. <laughs> he wrote that song about an experience in England. He writes about like going. It's about him visiting the Beatles. Right. He met his wife there and married her. They might have been divorced by the time he met him, but they were married for quite a while. He was uh, at the time uh, promoting uh, his new album, uh, Mickey Delenn's Puts You to Sleep, which was where he was uh, mm. doing lullabies. Okay, cute. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, uh, I still feel embarrassed. That brings us to the end of our uh, top 10 movie things. Yes, that is the very end of it. Thank you everyone. very much for everybody for your participation. Yes, thank you, Ken, for your contribution today. You'll all be today. getting uh, medals of participation. And thank you, everyone, for... Um, letting Dave put down your movies. Letting me... No, I don't think I put the movies down. I think it was a fun jumping-off point to talk How about How dare films. you, he would say, for <laughs> every one of these. I don't think I'm writer than someone else. I just... I, you know, like you've... You've opened up a path to conversation, and I want to talk about it. You know, Absolutely. I am opinionated about movies. I'm sorry. And I as, apologize for having opinions. As with all of that. That's right. They booed me off the stage. Um, <laughs> as with all of these things, uh, you still can talk to Dave about this in yes. his personal life. You can still blame just me. A, just approach David and go like, hey, Dave, I've got a top 10 movie list. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. Dave will go, sure. I will, and actually. Able, and you'll be able to like uh, have a discussion yeah. with him. Please do. Yeah, Please and, feel free to talk to me. And if you buy him a burger, uh, you guys can talk about it for at least two hours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. He's one burger away from a very long conversation. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who are just like, hey, why don't you do more uh, Completely Beatles? Uh, buy Dave a burger. And uh, yeah. you'll be able to talk you'll, Beatles you'll... with him for like two hours. That's, that's uh, true. We still do get requests from people to do Completely Beatles. I understand. And my feeling is... Once we do it in VR, we... we'll do it. Well, my feeling is is that we did complete the Beatles. It was it was complete. Yeah, we did it. We did it. When we got to the end, we said, both of us got onto an aircraft carrier wearing a jump a flight suit, and we said, mission accomplished. <laughs> well, my feeling about that, which I always keep saying, is if you've got a podcast, invite Dave on your podcast, much like the uh, what was it, dance, dance to death, dance yeah. until death. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about death and the Beatles and songs and music. I think that's the way to do it. Is like if you've got a podcast, invite Dave on the podcast with a specific topic about the Beatles, and he will talk about the Beatles yep, on your podcast. I will do that. Perhaps Dave, you know, with the Marx Brothers, perhaps Dave will be uh, talking on another podcast about the Marx Brothers in a bit. Who knows? That's the kind of thing Dave will do. Yeah. So invite him onto your podcast That's and true. talk about that business. That's true. Uh, we, I'm phone shy, we so did, I'm, less, yeah. I'm less so. But I will probably come to your podcast in person if I'm in your city. Uh, yeah, someone wrote a little while ago and, and said... Um, with the eight days a week, the tour movie, and with the the 40th anniversary releases from Sgt. Pepper and the White Album, you know, are we are we going to talk? Would we do another completely Beatles to talk about those things? Mm-hmm. But I guess it would be interesting to a degree. But you know, we gave we gave lots of background to like Sgt. Pepper and to the White Album, like all the background you could ever want. We talk about the Kinfons demos in that show, like those are on. No, those are available publicly. Like finally commercially available rather than you know through nefarious means the kinfons demos are there for people to hear the other problem is i can't afford those collections they're 200 dollars. that's too much money for me to pay you okay here's the other point in my life so dave's uh uh, they sound great but one of these days dave's address is available on our website don't need you can send dave a copy of anything you want him to review and then he will probably talk about it on the air if it's beatles related i'm gonna say am i wrong 
If I someone will, sent you the set, would you talk about it? Oh, of course I would. There you go. And here's the other thing. Send Dave to England and have him walk around the Abbey Roads uh, studio so he can like look at all the stuff and he'll talk about it. No, that no, too. you don't need to do that. Yes, you should. You should send Dave to England. And then oh, you should boy. also send Dave to uh, Belgium so he could go to the Tintin Museum. I'm blushing. One of you out there has to be like a crazy millionaire. Oh, did one you? of you, odds are, one of you is a crazy millionaire. Mm. Send Dave to Europe. This is what I say. Uh, um, yeah, someone, uh, one of our one of our friends from uh, our Tintin days went for a visit to the uh, Tintin Museum, and he posted some pictures from it. And those yeah, were that's really very cool. Oh man, I was loving to just loving those. So cool to see. What was really interesting to me about those, interesting again, folks, I am going to go visit that, that uh, place in, in eternal, eternal sunshine, eternal sunshine in the spotless mind and get that word taken out of my head. But until then, we'll have to hear it. But what was, uh, so much fun to see and fascinating to me about those images. One is that to me, they're art. Like when I see the, those Hergé drawings, like the inks and stuff like that for this, his pages, that's his art to me, like just pure art. And then you see it and someone's cut it up. With like the worst pair of scissors apparently ever seen, and it's, it's like these jagged like because uh, uh, when he was doing, as we know, when he was doing um, some of his stuff like during the war, he was doing them for the paper, and so they were done as like a comic strip, right. a tier of of uh, for a comic strip. So some of those are just cut out, and they're just like slapped down in the most hap haphazard way onto a piece of paper, so that they can be you know photostatted for for the books. Right. Other drawings, these newspaper drawings, are literally cut out of, like, the drawing is cut out. It's glued down onto a piece of board. Yeah. And then he has drawn further off from that drawing in order to make it bigger for the albums because the the strips were much smaller for the paper. And so to make them for the albums, he had to, like, make the drawing larger. So, like, there's one that's fat. It's it's, it's for Destination Moon or maybe on the one on the moon. They're on the moon for this one. And... There's this image. It's just a tiny little image of of this sort of like a I guess I guess it's like a caterpillar treaded moon explorer, and they're like going over these rocks. And it's just a small image, but for the the album, he made it into a, like a full big square panel that's huge. Wow! And so he's got this little drawing from the newspaper, like the original yeah. drawing, just pasted down on the on the page, and then he's drawn this giant back this giant moonscape around it. It's just fascinating to see how things are repurposed and, and just, just cut up and, oh, and you just realize when you're looking at it that it's just, it's not art to them. It's just, you know, it's a commercial. Yeah. It's just the thing that we There's need to get done. a deadline that needs There's to be deadline. made. And this yeah. is how are we going to do it? Do it. Yeah. And this will be much, this will be much easier to do this. Like, yeah. like I'm like, why wouldn't you redraw that and leave those things pristine? No, no, it's too much work. Just why glue it down on the page and, and redraw it. Yeah. yeah. It's like the old, uh, it's, it's the old like Looney Tunes animation. Well, let's wash those cells. We need them uh, again. Mm. Wash them. Yeah. Chuck Jones's first job was washing the cells and just clearing them out. Amazing. Isn't yeah. it? Because, yeah, you got to get it done. Deadlines, yeah. man. Deadlines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you do go to a museum, Tintin Museum, send Dave some pictures. And, yeah, I would but, like. But ideally, invite Dave to go with you. Well, I would like to come with you, but uh, also if you do go there, and if you buy him a hamburger, pictures. he'll talk to you about Tintin for two hours. <laughs> if you buy me a hamburger today, I'll pay you back Tuesday. Sounds sounds about right. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to talk to you. We'll figure out something else we'll do uh, for the last segment of our our show as we progress. Um, but for now, we're just going to keep it loose. Keep Lucy it loose. Goosey. That's right. That's how we like it. But we love to oh, hear. Oh, sorry, Peter. 
There you are. Uh, but we do love uh, hearing from you, and here's the ways to talk to us. Why don't you go to SneakyDragon.com and comment underneath our episodes itself. we got message boards there, and they're there. They're just waiting for you to fill them up with your thoughts. They're so much better with your thoughts. Yes, we have been getting lots of nice Absolutely. comments from people. I mean, I really Louise is going to be writing about Wuthering Heights, so why not uh, join in with that? Um, if I, she doesn't, I, I will be very you, surprised. I dare you. Do you dare Louise to write? I dare in? Louise to write me. Do you accept defend, the challenge, Louise? Defend Wuthering Heights, please. Try oh, it. well, this is going to be an interesting uh, uh, showdown. Or even, hey, you know what, Louise? I dare you to come on the show and talk Wuthering Heights. Yeah, please. I dare you to come on the show and talk Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I double dog dare you. There Oops, we go. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> uh, the other way to go about it, face. <laughs> That's right. I, we were actually talking. Were you thinking that we said your name instead of Pita? Oh, sorry. <laughs> got a wife named Pia. That's fine. Everything's good. Uh, so here's the other thing. Go to Facebook. Yeah. And uh, Sneaky Dragon page is there. Hey, yeah. go to Twitter. Sneaky underscore dragon. Hey, go to Tumblr. We had to take down all of our pornography. Yeah. Thanks, Tumblr. Yeah. All the uh, sexy sneaky pics <laughs> of Sneaky the Dragon. Yeah. Uh, our sneak erotica. What? Also, all, I we had to take down you. all our slash fiction. I probably hadn't told you, but I had put a lot of naked pictures of myself on Tumblr. Sure. Just the spirit of the pa- uh, spirit of Tumblr. Yep. Uh, they made me take them all down. Yeah. That's right. They said it was uh, causing eye, eye problems. People having to peer too hard to too closely at it. <laughs> I just anyway. put all these uh, these uh, dick pics, which are pictures of dictaphones from the... Uh, <laughs> From the 1960s that I thought were great. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, those all had to be taken down as well. Aren't those dictapics? There you go. See, you can comment on that kind of stuff if you want. <laughs> tell us uh, tell us what you think. Or email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Uh, thank you so much for your kind attention for uh, this uh, 17 hours that we've been doing it. Uh, and uh, it was uh, nice uh, talking to you from, once again, the new Hell Kitty Studios Yes. Uh, located somewhere in the uh, area that we're not going to tell you about. Beautiful downtown Burbank. Pretty much. All right. I've been Ian. I've been David. That's it. We're done. Bye. Bye. Bye.